savings time affected you it's affected me i'm always tired but i seem to be more tired i actually thought daylight savings time had happened on saturday so i was completely off oh all my of god. saturday doing things at the wrong time I hate oh my change. god oh robin <laughs> i'm sorry you suffered you know i don't like that oh man then sunday i had to do it all over again so I um, I spent my entire last four days immersed in Barbara Streisand because I'm going to get to speak with her on Tuesday. By the way, I should mention, especially to you, Robin, we're starting the show tomorrow at 10 a.m. You say, why? 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 Well, we're... Why? Um, why? <laughs> I wouldn't really bend the time of the show for anyone because actually it fucks me up royally. I got a crazy schedule the next couple of days. Starting the show at 10 a.m. fucks me up because, like, I'm good when I wake up. By 10 a.m., I'm asleep, believe That's it or right. not. I'm, the morning's over. Your energy's it, gone. It, yeah, it really is. There's a, there's a small window where I have energy. <laughs> and the window is I wake up and uh, till about 10 a.m., I'm good. And then I crash. Yeah. But Barbara Streisand, she starts her day. Of a day. I'm reading her book. And the book is fabulous. But I'm reading her book. And uh, by the way, if you buy that book, I think it's coming out. I think tomorrow it's coming out. The book is so incredibly detailed about her life. I find it fascinating. And I have many, many questions for her. But um, it's a very big book. It's almost a thousand pages. And uh, the audio book is she reads the book. So, you know, you're definitely getting your money's worth. And you're, you're kind of blown away by the woman's accomplishments. I mean, it's staggering. The audio book is 48 hours long. They sent me a copy. 48? I spent, I had to go into the city on Friday. So I spent four hours listening in the car, four hours on the way home. So I've put in about 13 hours of listening to the audio book already. And you haven't but I'm gotten only, anywhere. I'm only up to her marrying Alia Gould. I mean, uh, oh my goodness. yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, it had to take her at least 12 years to record the full book because she does it. <laughs> First of all, her enunciation is very good and she's very good at reading the book, much like um, uh, the last couple of audio books I've uh, listened to. I've now come to the opinion that the author must read their own audio book. And I say that to yeah. myself because I've always refused to put out an audio book i can't stand sitting there in a studio reading a book but so i, I never would do it that britney spears uh her audio book is is read by michelle williams well i gotta tell you i think that's a mistake if i may advise her because i like listening to barbara i really recommend you listen to barbara streisand's book because hearing it in her own words 
there was one point I'm listening. I had to put the book down for a while. I put the audio down for a while. I got so depressed because of her situation growing up. And her mother was such a fuck. I mean, it brought up a lot of issues for me. And I got the weight of what she had to carry as a child really affected me. I got really sad. Uh, but I'll go into that tomorrow. I don't have to sit here and recap the book. But anyway, my well, weekend, one Robin. Thing, one thing I want to do is make sure I say her name right. Yeah, I've been saying it wrong. And uh, I didn't even know this when I was listening to the book. You know how people say Barbara Streisand? Well, it's Barbara Streisand. Sand, like the sand on the beach. Okay. okay. So, so anyway, everyone says Streisand. And quite frankly... Yeah. I don't. Oh, thanks, honey. Hot water. Thank you, my love. Welcome, my Thank sweet. you, my sweetheart. Oh much. my God, I love you. Well, so Bill beautiful. Maher wasn't. Hope Bill Maher wasn't listening. I said I love you. <laughs> anyway, um, must be terrible. <laughs> That's so sweet. She brings you hot water. She's the best. Anyway, uh, sorry, Bill. I didn't mean to say she's the best. Anyway. Uh, kind of what you do in a relationship but apologies bill apologies <laughs> to bill anyway uh so the barbara streisand book you know i want to i want to get through as much of the book as i can because i'm going to be speaking but you were with talking her. about her name you said something about streisand oh, yeah okay, so yeah. strike so it's streisand so she sir she googled her not googled she did siri uh, one time and she said uh, siri siri said her name streisand she called up Tim Tim Cook and said, listen, my name is Streisand. Can you train Siri to say it the right way? And he fucking did it. Wow. He did it. Yeah, it's crazy. But there's some crazy stuff in that book. What a career. What a life. I mean, she beat the odds coming out of Brooklyn. Everyone was so fucking mean to her. I mean, people were really downright nasty. I thought I had a shitty childhood. Jesus Christ. Some of the abuse, you know, you know, that uh, her father died. She never met her father. She was essentially oh. like a, an infant when uh, he died. Toddler. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't even have any memory of him. Right. This fucking guy, uh, her mother goes out and marries uh, Rosalind Kind's father. You know, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, his name's Kind. His last name is Kind. Her mother got remarried. Right. The father goes out and buys this stepfather goes out and buys ice cream for the whole family. He looks at her. She's a little girl. And he says, uh, no ice cream for you. You're ugly. Oh. Yeah, I mean, don't ask. So I had to put it down for a while because I said, I, I'm, the weight, it's it's making my chest hurt to hear her pain. Fucking crazy stuff, though. That's tip of the iceberg. People were real fucks to her. But uh, in any case, in any case. Uh, she's going to be here tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that. So I Friday I went in the city, listened to the book. All Saturday I was listening to the book, and I said, "Jesus, I'm not making a dent in this book." Because <laughs> I'm like, "Wait a minute, you did all that listening, and you're only up to Elliot Gould?" Yeah, That's well, early. I, but there's a lot of meat in that book. I mean, you know. She says she's somebody who doesn't like to live in the past, but I'm going to suggest to her that you do like living in the past. If you she's got who, that many details about the past, uh, she's uh, kept hold she's of it. She's good. Well, you know who was a prick to her? 
Ooh, fucking Mike Wallace, the the guy really? from sixty minutes years ago. Yeah. What was anyway, that all about? I'm going to get into it tomorrow. I'm I'm kind of okay. blowing my load here because she's on yeah, my mind. You're you're intriguing me. Right now, I want to know. The book reportedly took ten years to write, and I believe it. It makes me want to go back and rewrite my book. I I I, I breeze through my life. <laughs> You've not really spent a lot of time telling everybody about the ins and outs of your life. You know, you you give a little oh. soupçon, and then you're off to something funny. My audience could barely read. I couldn't see them spending 48 <laughs> hours on an audio book from me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, uh, yeah, so I've been immersed in Barbara Streisand and her book. And then uh, even when I went walking with my wife, we always go on a walk together every day. I put in the AirPods and Did I'm listening you? to Bar- Yeah, I'm listening to Barbara Streisand. And uh, you're supposed to be being with your wife on that walk. I know she was very understanding. She walked like 10 feet ahead of me. I think she was disgusted. But I mean, <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I can't get all this work done and and, and behave and like a normal too? human being. <laughs> yeah. And wa- I mean, no, I can walk and listen, but I, I can't I, I can't hold everything together. Uh, but I'm putting in my 10,000 hours. I'm a full stry sand expert. I'm a, I'm a full a full on expert at this point. Well, at least for the 13 hours, you're an expert. <laughs> well, I also went and and watched. I, I listened to all of her music. I I did a deep dive on the films that I love. I'm a big uh, fan of her films, and uh, I went back. I was watching the love scene in Yentl. I was watching uh, Prince of Tides a little bit. I was yeah, all that's over the place. my favorite one. The one with Nick Nolte. Yeah. I like the one with Robert Redford, that last oh, scene in I've the movie. I've never been able to watch the way we were. Really? So you should check it out. It's good. And Star is Born. There's a whole bunch of stuff. But anyway, it's ridiculous. She's won uh, Grammys, Emmys, Oscars, uh, Tonys. It's She's an EGOT? Insane. She's an EGOT. Yeah. Don't call her that. <laughs> Anyway, I'm lo- I'm looking forward to speaking to her. I, in fact, we've tried to get her on before, and she's agreed. And then my schedule doesn't work, or her schedule. You would think we were running the country uh, the way our schedule. That's right. Work. Why are you two so busy? I don't know, but she wakes up late. She even says in her book she wakes up at like eleven o'clock. So she's making a compromise and getting up at ten for us. But uh, yeah, she was an egot at twenty-seven years old. She had already won every award. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, it's fucking, the book is mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. But anyway, uh, so I was very, I'll tell you that story, you know, when I, I met her one time before, and I told you, I never, I didn't tell you the whole story, because we got interrupted last week. No, you just week. told us, um, you talked I went a to long a, time, yeah. I went to a party, she was there, and I wouldn't, like, go up to her. I'm not like that. I just, when I go to a party, I sit by myself. You don't <laughs> approach anyone? <laughs> no, especially if they're like famous people there. I don't even think of myself as famous. I'm like, what? Well, they don't want to be with me. This is all a mistake. It's always a mistake, I feel like. You know, I, like, what am I doing? Like, what I very rarely. What is the mistake? I go, I don't feel like uh, famous people like me or want to be with me. Uh, they never ask me any questions. I, I don't know. I just don't, uh, I don't know what it is, but I don't, I'm not comfortable. So 
I go to the, um, I never feel like I'm quite in show business. There's a couple of times I felt I was in show business. I was thinking about this when I was watching the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which I will talk about. It was this past weekend. But I was watching Elton John induct Bernie Taupin, Bernie Taupin, uh-huh. his lyricist. And Elton John, and I'm sitting there going, I love that fucking Elton John, man. I just love that guy. I love his songs. I love the way he sits at the piano. No bullshit. Doesn't even need anybody with him. He's just playing the piano. And uh, I'm thinking, and all of a sudden, I remembered an incident. My daughter was very young. My youngest daughter was like six or seven. And uh, I took her to Elton John and Billy Joel. were doing concerts together at that point. And I'm sitting in the audience. And you know how you want to always be a hero to your kid if you can. And uh, all of a sudden, I get word. I don't remember how it went down. But what they would do is Elton John would do a set, and then Billy would do a set, and then there was some time in between, and then they would do songs together. So Elton had finished his set, and um, he said, uh, send someone out to get me. He said, tell Howard to come back. I said, who, me? Who, me? Who, me? (laughs) Who, me? I go, what? And I go to my daughter. I want to go back and say, yeah, who, me? Who, me? I I was like, me? I go, well, I'm with my daughter. He goes, well, bring your daughter. Elton wants to say hello to you. And I was like, this is fucking crazy. Who, me? Again? (laughs) Yeah, who, me? (laughs) And, you know, again, I this kind of stuff doesn't really happen to me. And then I, um, this is so many years ago. I go backstage and and he's getting ready to go back out with Billy. Mm -hmm. I believe was the way it went down. So he didn't have much time and he had to go out and sing. Hey. And he's sitting there with me and my daughter, Ashley Elton. We're in his dressing room, just the three of us. No entourage, nobody. He's getting ready. He's, you know, wiping himself down and whatever it is he does, taking a drink. And he goes, um, Ashley, to my daughter, how are you? And he starts asking her questions and paying attention to her and being nice to her. And Howard, how are you? And blah, like really focused on the two of us. And when I was watching the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I went, man, that was like such a great moment for me because, you know, that's Elton John. What's he doing talking to me? I mean, I'm the kid who was in high school sitting and listening to Tumbleweed Connection 3,000 times on the turntable. But, I mean, to be sitting in a room with this guy and he's paying such attention to my daughter and being so lovely. I was like, wow. And for a moment. he's in tune with everything, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great guy. And so all of a sudden I went, hmm, this is, I feel like I'm in show business a little bit. Like someone's seeing me as a fellow entertainer or something. Do you and, know uh, he, I was at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony one year yeah. and I'm, I'd gone to the bathroom and I'm making my way back to the one or two I'm sitting at N- number one or two. One. Stop oh, one. Okay. Well, it's curious. <laughs> <laughs> and I pass. Elton John's table and he sees me now he couldn't have gotten a good look at me because I'm passing him and he's sort of sitting you know in another direction he stops me and he said I loved your apartment in Architectural Digest wow look at that how nice is that that's what I'm saying he is he seems to be aware of everything yeah yeah he sits home and studies us. Anyway, 
<laughs> so the so this time that I go to this party and I'm sitting there and then someone came over to me and said Barbara Streisand Streisand wants to speak with you. And it was outdoors in someone's backyard and I went, yeah, well, again I was like, "Oh, me?" And then, what does she want to talk to me about? I mean, uh, oh, me? I mean I'd I'd love to, but I go over. Her husband was great to me. She sat. She was sitting down. I sat down next to her. And we talked for like an hour, maybe. I don't know how long. An hour and a half. I was completely into it. It was fantastic. Great conversation. Like I known her a hundred. Well, how years. did the conversation start? I don't even know. I mean, I don't have any recollection of the content of the of the conversation. I have a recollection of how it felt, and I felt very close to her. She was very engaging, very warm, very interested in me, and I, as I was in her, and it was like a um, a very intimate conversation. Yeah, but you don't start off that way. That's why I asked how. Yeah, did I don't start? know because you somehow, I don't remember. you know, got to a place of comfort. Yeah, very quickly, we were both very comfortable, very lost in this conversation, and I felt like I was the only one. And my wife was kind of great, like, and so was her husband, because both of them left us alone. Like, like they saw that there was something happening there. I don't know what it was, but it was just like we were in a bubble for a good hour, and I was like, wow, I'm really, and I was asking her a lot about film directing, which uh-huh. I was, um, because I... I, you know, one of the biggest crimes of her career is she wasn't nominated for Yentl for direction because she was, yeah. she did a great job on that film. I think they just were fucking with her. She had too much success. But anyway, and she I was talked a woman. to her. Right. Was I was talking, you know, anyway, yeah. with Academy Awards for directing at that time. But I was talking to her about filmmaking and blah, 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 blah. More about film than music. But it was, it was like in a dream, you know, it was quick was like even though it was an hour or so i have no idea of how actually long it was i'm guessing it was an hour could have been an hour and a half we just sat there as right. if nothing else was going on lost yeah. track of time it was great so the funny thing was one summer later um i went back to the same person's house i'm at a party again and who's over there i see out of the corner of my eye barbara streisand sand I wonder if Siri gets it right. We got to test that in a minute. <laughs> I, I'll test it. But anyway, I go. I, I'm saying to myself, oh, this is round two. This is going to be great. Wait till we see each other. We'll fall into each other's arms. That's I mean, we're, right. We're, There'll be a big hug and everything. We're old pals. I'll just wait for her to call me over. I'll wait for her to see me. So I'm sitting there for a long time. No Barbara Streisand. She's talking to somebody else, some other famous person. But I don't even know what's going on. And I'm like, hmm. I don't think this is happening. I can't believe it. I'm, you know, I'm like, I was pretty sure, we, you know, she'd be very anxious to see me. <laughs> so I'm sitting there. And uh, all of a sudden, Barbara Streisand walks right by me. And I go, oh, she's coming over. She obviously wants to say hello to me. But she walked right by me. She like I, I I don't know if she didn't know, she didn't notice me or whatever, but no anything. Wow. Now I'm feeling like oh shit! I realize I'm waiting so long for her. I'm sitting here by myself. I look like a real douche loser. Well, thank God for John Cougar Mellencamp. 
because he was at this party. And uh, he walks over to me, goes, what's going on with you? I was like, oh, he's watching God. you sit there by yourself. Yeah. And he must have <laughs> felt bad for me because I look like a douche loser. Like I'm at in high school, you know, going to an ACA douche. party looking for girls. You're a wallflower. I'm a wallflower. <laughs> so I think he's, he goes, Jewish. hey, Howard, well, you know, because I had interviewed him a few times. He goes, hey, yeah. Howard, uh, how you doing? You know, and I was like, oh, thank you, John. He goes, well, thank you for what? I'm just sitting here by myself. <laughs> Say hello to me. Yeah. Thank you for saying hello to me. <laughs> I was just like, I, I, actually to myself, I'm going, oh, thank God. Because now I don't look like such a loser douchebag. Because I'm talking to John Mellencamp. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> fucking good. Like, I, I, my, I definitely look like I have something going on. So I started a conversation with him, and I didn't even let him leave my side. I, I kept you going. You just with kept the, him. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I, like, kept bringing topics up. Oh, no. Yeah, it was like... um was like the previous year I made out with the cheerleader, but then for the whole next year she ignored me. But then I brought out my handcuffs and handcuffed myself to John Mellencamp <laughs> so I would look like a winner. But I felt really good talking to him. He said the funniest fucking thing to me, too. He was dating Meg Ryan, you know. Yeah. Or somebody. It was either Meg Ryan or, no, maybe, no, it wasn't Meg Ryan. He was dating, I think, Christy Brinkley. Oh, at that time, it was the Christy Brinkley era? Yeah, that's how I think he ended up in the Hamptons. So <laughs> I said, hey, uh, oh, she walked over, Christy, and, and, you know, you know, whatever, to check in with him. And I go, oh, so you guys have found each other. He goes, yeah. He goes, she's a handful. I go, really? And he go, and then I go, and then I look at him and he goes, and I'm a bigger handful. <laughs> he goes i don't know how she puts up with me oh i said goodness. uh i said hey join the club i'm a fucking nut job too well, what a great guy john mellencamp i'll never forget that but you know he really he was my lifeline he doesn't he saved know it. you he saved, he saved me You certainly could have talked to somebody. You could have gone over to John Mellencamp, but you wouldn't do that. I don't want to bother him. Who wants to sit there with me? So I wait for people to come over to me. You know, oh, that's why I remember I was at. A, it sounds like I've been to a lot of parties, but these are spread out over like 35 years. <laughs> I went to L.A. one time and a friend of mine invited me to a party. And I even get into weird shit at part like uh, uh, this is before we had Rod Stewart on our show. I didn't know Rod Stewart, but. It turns out he was at the party. I didn't even see. I walked in. I was totally self-conscious, sitting in the corner again by myself. And someone walked over and said, hey, Rod Stewart wa wants to talk with you. Why don't you follow me? And I go, if he wants to talk to me, tell him to come over here. Ugh. I'm sitting over here. What do you mean? Walk over. I get my back up. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, you know, Rod Stewart is older than you. No, he was young Laura. back then. He was young? <laughs> yeah. He was younger I mean, than he, you? This was going back 25, 26 <laughs> years ago. I mean, he still, he wasn't in a walker or anything. <laughs> but, uh, anyway. So did you go over or not? You just, no, just no. sat in your chair? I just sat there by myself. <laughs> twiddling my I'm thumb. perfectly happy over here by myself. I felt weird being summoned, but not not toward Rod. I felt weird that somebody walked up and go, 
how do I know he really wants to see? Maybe this person is orchestrating it like it's a PR Jesus, person. You can think of that yeah. many yeah. ways this is not going to work out in a short yeah, period of time. That's why I don't go to celebrity parties. I don't go because I'm not good at parties, period. I'm not good at hanging out with people. I'm not fun. <sighs> you know, I'm just not. I know that about myself. You're just, a ball uh, of, uh, you're really fun, but you won't let yourself be. I don't know. I don't feel like fun. <laughs> I don't I feel like fun with you. Uh, yeah, well, you, you, I don't know what's wrong with you. But uh, anyway, William, you're on the air. What up, William? How are you, pal? Hey, now. Hey, now. You're still mispronouncing Barbara Streisand's name. You're saying Streisand. Streisand. That's not what you were saying. What am I saying? You were saying Streisand. I don't know what's the difference. I don't. Okay. I can't hear. You're hitting. You're, you were hitting the second syllable harder. Now you're not. Streisand, like you said. Streisand. Streisand. Yeah. yeah. I'm you over accentuating the same. Yeah, but yeah, yeah but, I, but I'm doing that because I'm trying to teach myself. I I I don't hear the difference between Streisand and Streisand. I mean. Uh, it doesn't seem like that big a deal, but it is to her. Yeah, well, well, if you were saying it's, 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 dry sand, you would say them like that. Yeah, yeah look at the beach. There's much. Emphasize is that make a uh, make a hissing sound like a snake. So you say dry sand, not dry like a z. That's what I'm doing. Dry sand. I know. I know. I know. Yes, I'm saying that. Uh, that's uh, that's. The, but okay. Thanks, people. William. I don't He's know what's confusing going. you by saying now you're doing it right. Right, yeah, you're don't. Doing it right hey, now. I'm just going to call her Barbara. Fuck it. I mean, I'm not even going to say her last name. That's it. Thanks, William. God, I thought Della. What series says? I thought Della Bate was a hard name. <laughs> but I never thing, knew. Her. You got your phone there. What a series. Yeah, but I got my phone hooked up into suspend mode because I need the clock. My clock. Because oh. the daylight savings time is wrong. Okay, I'll do it. Hold on. Hey, Siri. Say the singer's name, Barbara Streisand. Barbara Joan Barbara Streisand R. Strassand, born April 24th, 1942, is an American singer and actress. This is from Wikipedia. Just say her name. Say Barbara Streisand. Hey, Siri. Uh-huh. Say Barbara Streisand. Here's some information. Oh, uh, fuck uh, you. I fucking hate say, Siri. Say, how do you pronounce it. Barbara Streisand? Hey, Siri. Uh-huh. How do you pronounce Barbara Streisand? Barbara Joan Barbara Streisand is an American hmm. singer, uh, actress, Said it right. Singer. Yes, but she did say Barbara Streisand. Yeah, she said it right. Good. Tim right, Cook's just fixed. checking on Tim Cook. Making sure he's yeah. doing his job. He hops too. <laughs> now say Streisand sells seashells down by the seashore. Quickly. <laughs> three times. Anyway, uh, Sean, you're on the air. Go ahead. Good morning. Is there any chance we'll get a duet between Robert, uh, Robin and Barbara? 
No. Well, that's the surprise. <laughs> They're going to recreate the famous uh, Judy Garland, Judy Garland, Barbara Streisand song that they did together on the old Judy Garland show. Robin is working on it with her, so is it's it, going to be very. Is, <laughs> can oh you imagine? <laughs> that was one of the best Don't moments in her dare. career. That was one of the best moments in her career. She's a young girl. I would girl. imagine so, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is we're starting the show tomorrow. If you want to hear the live show, we're starting at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. You know what I mean? When she sang with Judy Garland, you know, Judy Garland had had practically the same trajectory. You know, this brilliant, intelligent, talented child, great singer fine actress so you know they did and and they had to survive hollywood marianne from brooklyn oh my god howard first i have to say i love you howard you're so much fun knock it off we we look forward to your fun you know how it that i'm fun when they pay me okay so you're getting paid thank god they better pay you howard if I have a, if I, when I'm on the radio, I'm fun, but that's it. Once the mic goes off, I'm not fun. I think you're fun all the time. I want to say I love Barbara Streisand so much. She's from Brooklyn. She went to Erasmus High School. I can't believe she's coming on, Howard. It's going to be You know epic. who else went to Erasmus High School with her? This is oh. a crazy fucking story. I can't wait to ask her about it. Barbara Streisand is in school. Bobby Fisher. One of the greatest what? chess players of all time wow, went to her yeah. high school. That's amazing. So in her book, the, the book's amazing. She says, so she she knew of Bobby Fisher. She didn't really know him. Uh, he was probably 13 or so when she spotted him or something. And she thought he was like sort of interesting, but it was, he was sitting alone, which makes sense. Sitting alone in the cafeteria, not with anybody. Right. And um, I mean, she'll tell the. You know, she'll tell the stories better than me, and I don't want to go into all of it. But she goes over to him. Now, mind you, this is like the greatest chess mind of all time, but he's not, you know, no one knows that. He's just some weirdo. He's sitting by, yeah, he's sitting by himself. Because if you read about the life of Bobby Fischer, you talk about a deprived childhood. This fucking guy was alone day and night. He had a sister, but she was off doing her thing. His mother had to work. He had no father. So he would sit home all day and just read chess books and chess and chess and chess. That's how he got to be so fucking great. He also had a mind for it. She had a but, crush on him, Howard. Do you know yeah, that? Oh, that's what I'm Hello? getting to, Mary. Oh, Marianne, oh, can you let Howard tell the story? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, she sees him sitting there and she's like, yeah, you know, he's a nice looking guy, blah, 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 blah. And she was curious about him. She goes over and says hello to him. Because she wasn't Miss Popularity either in school. So uh, he just looked up at her and like kind of grunted or something, like didn't give her the time of day. So she walked away and she said she'd watch. She was looking at him. He, he sat there laughing to himself, which makes sense. The guy went fucking mental from that, you know, from God knows what. But he was a weirdo, say, you know. But, can I say, Howard, she has this, like, this look. This look about her, Robin, it, 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 not everybody looked like that at that time. They, she is a beauty to me. Her eyes, her nose, her, that's what drew me to her, drew me to her. Her singing, everything about it. She manifested, Howard, to get out of Brooklyn and to become a super yeah. 
saw. There's nobody. Uh, okay, okay, we can, we know that. Right. Anyway, um, yeah, I went to see my mother on Saturday. I was coming back from Manhattan. I figured, well, let me let me let me see, let me check in on her. Sounds like a great idea, right? Yeah, well. <laughs> I, I got to muster up all my energy. I never know what I'm in store for. But she was doing pretty good. You know, my mom's 96. Yeah. She looked good. She was wearing her green pajamas that Beth bought her. She loves them. She stays in pajamas all the time? Yeah. She's got those pajamas like they they try to design them so they look like a suit jacket and pants. Uh-huh. uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like when okay. you're a kid. Yeah, they look like clothing, but you're not supposed to wear them yeah. out. Right. Like, it kind of looks like she's dressed for the day, but that's <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. I go, Mom, you look great. I had my hair done. <laughs> I go, oh, yeah. Yeah, you, it looks great. By the way, it does look great. The woman who does her hair, all the years my mother was busy getting bouffants and that, that shellacked look with her hair. It looked like a beehive on top of her head, and she <laughs> colored her hair. She looks better now, all natural, gray. She looks good, mm. you know. But she's I didn't all know crumpled she was up. Totally gray. She's all crumpled up like an old person, you know. Like she's. I, I like, know they they look like they're folded, you know. Like yeah. when you put clothes in a drawer. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to go, mom. Sit up straight or something. What the <laughs> fuck? It's like her bones are collapsing on each other. Right. You know what I mean? There's nothing in there to keep you straight. Yeah, she told me she wants to live though. There's a for, for a while it used to be. I don't want to live. I don't want to. Now I was like, we Beth and I were talking to her, and we said something like, uh, "Well, you know, you're in the game, mom. You know, you, you just want to keep going." She goes, "I don't want to die." I go, oh. "Right, that's the attitude." Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's I hadn't heard progress. that progress. I was progress. Anyway, you know, I got to think of stuff to talk about because my mom doesn't want to get deep with me. Like she doesn't bring like. I would think it would be very good for her, for, for me to sit there and listen to her unburden herself. But uh, she just wants to hear light chatter, you know. I tell her sure. about my daughters. It's the same routine. We sit down. First, she spends like 15 minutes staring at Beth and going, You're so beautiful and gorgeous and you are everything to me. You got me these pajamas. Everyone tells me how wonderful these pajamas are. Only you could get these for me. And I'm like, okay. Easy does When do we get off Beth and get to me? Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so then we're sitting there and we're running out of shit to talk about. I tell her about the kids. You know, Ashley's doing this, Deborah's doing this, Emily's doing this. Then I show her pictures. She's always amazed by the phone. And I, oh, I, she I, is. I, and I can't hand her the phone because I don't know what the fuck she does, but she ends up wiping out the pictures. I mean, <laughs> I go, Mom, let me hold the phone. And it's a whole juggling act because I have to hold the phone and also hold the little microphone so she can hear me. But I have this device, which is good for oh. anyone hard of hearing. It's a microphone, uh-huh. and she puts the uh, earpiece in, and then I just talk to her. But there's a ton of wires involved, so I'm so holding the phone. So you can't just clip it on this no, mic? No, no. just, yeah, have no. two hands. Oh, well, dear. I have to work the phone for, I have to work the microphone for Beth, too, because she, she just starts talking. My mom can't hear her, and I go, honey, can you hold the microphone? <laughs> I go nuts. I just I need to I just need to be by myself sometimes. A lot of times. 
Anyway, I'm running out of shit to talk, and I'm 10 minutes in. <laughs> so I go, Mom, what? I go, and usually after 10 minutes, my mom dismisses me. She'll be like, all right, you got to eat lunch, right? I go, Mom, it's 930 in the morning. <laughs> well, you should go have your lunch. What are you going to do for lunch? I go, don't worry about it. I got lunch in the car. You got the lunch in your car? What do you have for lunch? I don't know. It's egg salad. Oh, egg salad. Very good. All right. You should go eat your lunch now. That means leave. Yeah. I don't know what she does the rest of the day. Maybe she gets out of those pajamas and gets laid. I don't know what goes on. <laughs> She's got her, her boy toy coming over. Yeah. So uh, I'm running out of shit to say. I'm 10 minutes in. So I go, Mom, you know who I'm interviewing? On Tuesday? Even with the microphone, you got to talk like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. What? <laughs> Guess, oh, my throat starts closing up, you know. <laughs> I go, you know who I'm going to, because I figure my mother's like the biggest Barbara Streisand fan, you know, yeah. fan. She had her, everything. She knows all her music. And I'm thinking, this is really going to finally impress her. You know, I'm going to be st interviewing Barbara Streisand. Oh. That was it. Oh. I go, can you believe it? She'll be good. She's got a lot of opinions at Barbara <laughs> Streisand. I go, what do you mean? That sound, what do you mean? I see her. She's got a lot of opinions. I go, that's a good thing. That's right. It's very good. You'll have a good time. That was it. I, I you know, I was. She thought didn't I was get fun. excited and say, "Oh, that's yeah. great! I can't wait to hear it." Or how do she, I listen? No, to oh it? no, no. She didn't want to listen. <laughs> <laughs> listen. She did enough listening. Oh dear. Yeah. She got. She did. She did say, "If you interview her, it'll be good." And then she went into her story about. Uh, you are always a good interviewer. Your father and I heard you when you were at that Defecacta radio station in Hartford. WCCC. That's right. We heard you on Sunday morning interviewing. Yes, I had a public affairs show. That's right. And you were very good at interviews. We knew you were good. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Barbara was told she was too ugly to eat ice cream. You were always too ugly for ice cream. No one gave it to you. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Stop it. <laughs> she didn't. No, she, my mother does it a different way. She went. She never said, like, you're too ugly for ice cream. She was like, well, <laughs> her thought was, if you're ugly, you might as well give you ice cream because you're not going to get good looking. <laughs> Make you feel better. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was so ugly. I was so ugly they gave me lots of ice cream. They gave you gallons. <laughs> yeah. No, she was uh my mother would go. You know, I saw a picture of you at Ashley's wedding. You looked handsome. I never thought of my son as handsome. What? I mean I'm not into looks. If you know what I mean. Well, I mean, it seems like you are. I don't are know what look. you mean. What are you yeah, talking about? What do you about? mean? What are you... <laughs> <laughs>
just never looked at you that way. But I saw the picture and I barely dry heaved. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> well, if she said that, that yeah. means you were handsome right. all the time. Yeah. She just never handsome. noticed it. No one noticed. <laughs> now you make it worse. You, I say she didn't notice. I related to Barbara. No one noticed. I related to Barbara's book so much. I had to put the book down because I was starting to have a panic attack. I, I there was one point where, uh, you know, her mother thought she wasn't good looking enough to be an actress. You know, shit like that. It was just fucking crazy. Who asked these people for their opinion? Oh, they just offer them, you know. <laughs> Thank <laughs> Nobody <you>. asked. <laughs> but her mother used to get, well, she was a skinny kid, and her mother used to give her a tonic to fatten her up. And that's what my mother did to me. She used to give me tonic. She said to the doctor, he's too skinny. And she gave me this shit to make me eat and fatten me up. Who the fuck does that? Tonic. She hardly would let, she wouldn't let you take stuff from the dentist to ease no. the pain of but she'd give you these tonics tonic from some other snake oil salesman yeah <laughs> oh i mean uh, barbara's mother had nothing to do with the barbara's mo barbara go barbara would go to the dentist i don't know why i'm telling all this because this is the, this is the interview yeah, so fucking, we'll, let's yeah, see let's see you're gonna right, be I'll, talking uh, to her tomorrow yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is. She is fascinating, right? Uh, you are fascinating. Oh yeah, it's a great book. Anyway, tomorrow, ten a.m. We're starting the show. Um, hey, on another topic, I did watch um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I was happy to see uh, Tom Morello and Rage Against the Machine get in, but I was disappointed on the broadcast because. Tom Morello's the only dude from Rage Against the Machine that showed up to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I thought those dudes yeah. were going to play, and I was looking forward to that because I like I like their whole thing. And uh, Tom gets up and he goes, you know, these guys see themselves as revolutionaries. Tom and the rest of the band, like they're more than just a band; they're going to create change. I guess through music, that's their whole deal. And I'm so like, they okay, don't that's want awards and stuff like that. Is that what you're well, saying? It turns out, like Tom goes, well, like in everything in Rage Against the Machine, these fuckers, he didn't say these fuckers, but these guys, you know, they all have different opinions about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So Tom's uh, the only one who sees it as a thing they should do. That's they why he play. was there by himself, because it looked, I just saw pictures of it. I said, that's very odd. A guy from a band standing there by himself. Yeah, well, he's, you know. Poor Tom, I guess, can't get these guys to fucking get in line. You know, they're a little too revolutionary. You know what I mean? Sometimes a little <laughs> they order is against good. against each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes all that revolution ain't good, especially if you're in a band. Like, maybe some guys need to conform. My name is Tom Morello, and I'm one quarter of Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> I am deeply grateful for the musical chemistry I've had the good fortune to share with Brad Wilk, Tim Comerford, and Zach De La Rocha. Like most bands, we have differing perspectives on a lot of things, including about being inducted into the Rock Hall. My perspective is that tonight is a great opportunity to celebrate the music and the mission of the band, to celebrate with the fifth member of the band, and that is Rage Against the Machine's incredible fans. Anyway, those guys didn't show up, which I kind of get. 
you know. But, you know, they wouldn't be rage against the machine unless they were, like, it's almost not expected that they would show up to something called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame run by a corporation. Well, that is a machine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Corporation that's, you know, trying to affect music from not being musicians, I guess. And so they're against all of that. Yeah, Mary, in New York. Hey, Howard. Big time. Or Sorry, I'm nervous. Don't hang up on me. Long I'm time, not. first time. <laughs> yes. Um, this is a thrill. Quick question for you. For Barbara Streisand, huge fan of hers. Been a fan since I was a little kid. Um, question about, I know you're not a fan of Elvis Presley. However, um, interesting, if you could write this down, I don't mean to be by, like Bobo, but... You could ask her why she couldn't just acquiesce and let him have the top billing for that, that the colonel was pushing for. Elvis wasn't pushing for it, it was the colonel. You got uh, the story wrong, Mary. I do? Because I'm a Barbara Streisand expert. She, he read the book. Yeah. Let's stop talking about Barbara Streisand because I'm going to talk to her tomorrow and I'm going to blow my load. So, but I will tell you this. Okay. Elvis... Elvis was offered the part in A Star is Born instead of Chris Christopherson, which would have been really interesting. The problem was the colonel was relentless in terms of money demands. And uh, they didn't have that much of a budget to afford Elvis. So they had a pass. They wanted Elvis. Barbara wanted Elvis to be in A Star is Born. Okay. It was a money issue. I was only five when Elvis passed on. My, my mom loved him, and my brother does, and I, I have always liked Elvis. Um, but, okay, thanks for clarifying that. But I, I yeah. love you, and I'm looking forward to the um, thank you the interview tomorrow. And also, I want to say a shout I'm not going to say hi to Fred because I know you don't like that, but can I say hi to Robin? Robin, you can say hi to, okay, but not Fred, please. Just Fred quickly. Quickly. Yeah, quickly. <laughs> hi, Robin. There you go. <laughs> I mean, to say hi to Fred takes uh, too much time. <laughs> um speaking of fred See, did you watch the? there was a barbara elvis connection that's gonna be interesting too oh yeah so there's a whole thing uh tom park colonel tom parker his manager wanted too much money and also wanted to produce the movie which which oh. they were not going to go for it colonel that tom guy no. just got in the middle of everything and poor elvis's life and ruined he was it. the worst he was the worst colonel tom what a fucking master manipulator sounds like a real scumbag anyway going back to the rock and roll hall of fame there were, there were some many good moments uh, but uh, I do not, and I'm not trying to be mean to the lady. I don't even know her music. Uh, Kate Bush, they inducted, and I don't even know that anybody. First of all, I don't know Kate Bush. She didn't even bother to show up. Yeah, I read I, a quote from her. Did you see what she said? She said the honor say? is being inducted. <laughs> I don't need to show up. Well, hey, I mean, you, but you, if you want, you got to help the broadcast out. If you think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a valid thing. If they uh, inducted me, I'd go. I'd go to that. I wouldn't go to the Radio Hall of Fame, but I'd go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's kind of cool. But she didn't bother to show up. And the dude who inducted her, I didn't know him. Big boy. Big boy. Oh, he's a rapper, right? Yeah, he was pretty funny, though. He was fucking up the speech. I guess something went, I don't know. I'm guessing something went wrong with the teleprompter or the speech was, I don't know. <laughs> Listen to this guy. He's inducting Kate Bush. The only mistake that you might make is thinking that all the artists she influenced had influenced her. But it's 
every much, but it's every much the other way around. Who the fuck? I'm at. <laughs> Kate, Kate Bush's <laughs> help shape contemporary music, even the music for artists who have never heard of her or even heard of her. Did you go to class? It was, you know, he had to read this long, boring speech about Kate Bush. And I'm like, really? Kate, Kate Bush is not there. No Jethro Tull, but Kate Bush. But uh, I said, what's I said to the guys this morning? What what is the biggest Kate Bush song that you could think of? They said, oh, it was one that was in Stranger Things. And it had sort of a moment in the last couple of years. I don't even know this song. I mean, a uh, nice song, but I don't even yes. know it. Big Boys from Outcast. I knew I knew oh. that. Name. Big Boys. Oh, Big Boys from Outcast. Right. Yes, that was yes. uh, Andre, Andre 5,000. 3,000. He was, unless he's no. been elevated. He was 3,000. He was elevated. He's Andre 5,000 now. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he went up 2,000 points. <laughs> Andre 3000 and Bo Big Boy. And then there was a third guy in Outcast. Who was the other guy? He was oh, good. God. I just know yeah. those two. Those dudes were good. And then they broke up yeah. too. But, uh, the, the dude that I, that I love, uh, Willie Nelson, he was inducted. It was great to see him. He's like 90 something dude. years old. Looks pretty and, good. Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, he's 90 something years old. I mean, he's the guy smokes a around. ton of weed. Yeah. Yeah. Cheryl Crow came out. They did crazy song I love. I'm crazy. Crazy. It's kind of depressing too, because like Willie has to sit now. You know, he doesn't stand for the yeah. performance. He's ninety. I get it. Then Frampton came out to play guitar for Willie. Peter Frampton. He now has to sit down when he performs. He's got a yeah. Disease. I was. I was wondering, uh, did he perform? Because, you know, the last time we saw him, he was telling us about that disease. Uh, Peter Frampton played guitar on Every Day is a Winding Road for uh, Cheryl Crow because she got inducted. That's him. It's still play. By the way, I, the what? Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's got to pull this shit together. They got to get better sound people. The, the mix was awful. I got to be honest. I, Always it, is. I think it's become their hallmark. They get great artists. And uh, I don't know if there's a sound check or what, but they got to work on that. You can hear her voice is too low. The Frampton's guitar is too hot. It's just all over the place. But um, that needs a little work, guys. You know. Don't don't uh, don't take it the wrong way. Oh, Peter Frampton has inclusion body myos inclusion Myos body myositis. Myositis. <laughs> see, he's course, got Robin. <laughs> Just testing you to see if you know how to these medical terms. <laughs> inclusion body myositis. 
a group of rare muscle diseases that cause severe weakness, fatigue, and disability. I got to tell you, the worst part of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is watching all your heroes get old. Holy shit. Yeah, I went Although, to see that final concert tour because, you know, he retired from from uh, traveling and and performing in public. Yeah. Well, now he's sitting down when he plays, which I'm glad he can still play, but poor guy. Yeah, well, he he's said sick. to us when he was here that, you know, he might have to, you know, that it might take away his ability to play. But so far, so good. Old age is cruel. Jimmy Page made a surprise appearance. He played the song Rumble by uh, Link Ray. Every guitar player talks about that song by Link Ray, that it, like, influenced them, like he was the greatest. But uh, they inducted him for just the one song. I think that was his big hit song. And Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin shows up. He had a guitar that looked like a fucking piano. He had... It was one of those double neck guitars. The top neck had 12 string guitar. The bottom neck was a six string guitar. I'm looking at this thing. It looks like it's pulling him down. He's old at this point. It, it looked like his neck Guitar's was going to pop off. Guitar's too heavy for him. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and I was watching him very closely, Jimmy Page. He played the top half of the guitar the whole time. He didn't need the whole bottom second guitar. He does that all the time where he never touches the rest of the instrument, but he's so, got it there. So why not come out with a 12 string and then call it a day? But he didn't, but he, you know, he still plays great. He played rumble. Everybody was excited to see Jimmy Page. You know, it was kind of... Yeah, those guys don't come around much. You don't see them hanging around. Peter Frampton, by the way, is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Can you believe it? That guy had the biggest live album of all time. I don't know. I think they, it's like a cool factor, you know? But, well, that uh, was very cool at the time. Peter Frampton over Kate Bush, uh, I'm, I'd vote for that anytime. Uh, Kate Bush should be the last person inducted into the Rock Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame according well, to me. Well, she influenced Big Boy, so. I know. Big Boy <laughs> digs her. He likes it. He sees something I didn't. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. They, uh, Adam Levine, our buddy, uh, performed Faith. The, he was chosen to honor George Michael, uh. which was nice. Yeah, Adam's uh, Adam's so tattooed up now. I think the only thing left is for him to tattoo his face. He's right up to the his chin. Is right on his neck. He had a big giant butterfly. I noticed that's a new one on his entire throat. I think he's all in on the face. Maybe next. I hope not. The guy's got a beautiful. What is he face. trying to do? Disappear behind? I don't know. You know I don't a he, painting. <laughs> he's real. He's gone all in on the tattoos. But he, you know, he's got a beautiful voice. He did a beautiful job with uh, Faith, and he can play guitar. You know, the whole thing. He's got the whole package. So I watched that. I actually watched um, the video of the Beatles record. Hey, I'll tell you, which is. Hard to watch. Yeah, I was super stoked with that. I told you on Wednesday show, they had sent me a copy of this thing. 
so the the deal was that uh, John Lennon, uh, Yoko found an old cassette tape of his, and uh, it was in really bad shape. And uh, through the miracle of AI and all this computer technology, they were able to clean it up. The the guy, uh, Peter Jackson, the film director, took it and cleaned it up, and the Beatles made a whole song out of Now and Then. I love the video of them explaining how they did this. But the song itself, I um, I don't know. I have a feeling John would have probably have just ever released this. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, it was it, it was OK, but, it, you know, it, it just I don't think John would have wanted it out there One, two. crazy seeing john and then they had cgi john lennon and i don't know i love john and lennon. then it was george you know like and they're yeah. stuck in time they haven't aged no and then you see paul and ringo yeah <laughs> you go who are those two gold guys with the band <laughs> nobody loves those guys more than me paul and john and ringo and i mean that to me they're the greatest of all time there's no one better but uh collectively it was mind-blowing but i don't know i mean i understand why they did it i just uh i don't you know they wanted to bring john back in a way but i don't know if he can do that hold on a second Bob. hey everybody it's paul mccartney how are you paul oh howard this ai is incredible we've got so much tape of john it's it's brilliant we can make a hundred new songs well, actually, I was just, uh, Paul, I was just making the argument, why? You know, maybe you guys have such a great body of work, why do it? Well, this is what the Beatles would have wanted. Yeah, I've actually got another exclusive track. Would you fancy a listen? Sure. Well, Peter Jackson was able to take audio of John's bout with diarrhea during our meditation trip to India and turn it into a new song. Listen to this. It's... It's a good groove, man. That's John. That's John. John had diarrhea in India and you guys were able to bring it back? It was very controversial because George also had diarrhea, but we didn't use that, you know. Why not? We've got, well, you know, just didn't have the same feel as john but george ended up using his own diarrhea in his solo work you know we've right. got more exclusive tapes of john too and this one is a bit warbled but the ai fills in the gaps would you like to hear it sure. listen love it out of all the beatles paul had the biggest wang bar none <laughs> It's like he's back with us. 
Wow, that's I, actually John. Yes. I wish I was as cool and as well hung as Paul. <laughs> that's brilliant. What? You know, I don't really care about all that. And you know, if you've seen John naked, he was nothing to sneer at. You know, I'm, I'm right. perhaps above average, but you know. You are such a humble and cool guy. That's why you're the best member of the Beatles. Wow, I got to tell you, that AI is unbelievable. Incredible. Yeah, it's incredible that you were able to find those tapes. Well, listen, thank you, Paul. Oh, my pleasure. You know, we've got a new track that was pulled from his answering machine. We're actually, oh, we're calling yeah. it Leave a Message After the Beep. It's brilliant. <laughs> when will we hear that? Oh, it's coming out. We're making a whole album. Hopefully many. I've got a tape of John dropping a mic on his foot that Peter Jackson's turning into right, a song. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I'll listen to anything with the Beatles. Right. That's why I went and found it and listened to it. But I was yeah. just like, wow, this is this is depressing and it's not a great song. I don't think there's ever been a better band than the Beatles. And I'll make the argument just All by right, mentioning. Well, I'll just mention a few albums. Revolver, Rubber Soul. If, that, if those were the only two albums the Beatles made, I would say they were the greatest band of all time. But then you got Sgt. Pepper, you got Abbey Road. Uh, I mean, it, it, Hard Day's Night, every song on there is good. Meet the Beatles. As a, every, it's mind-blowing what those dudes have done. So, I don't know. They can do no wrong. They can do no wrong. And thank God. I read a lot about, you know, how you have tried to talk to Paul about being in love with John. Yeah. And being a love affair. And every article was about how that was a love affair that I read about the making of this. It was the great. Oh, I see. It, but but the, the relationship between John and Paul was the greatest love affair in history, in my opinion. They made beautiful music together. Bigger it wasn't a physical. Anthony and Cleopatra. Bigger than Anthony and Cleopatra. <laughs> Anthony and Cleopatra produced nothing <laughs> except misery for people. <laughs> they weren't great. John Lennon and Paul McCartney were great. That's it. So even if they come out with AI and all that other stuff, I'll listen to whatever, but I'm living in the past. But where are you putting that in the pantheon? You know, that particular song. Oh, it's, you know, the technology is incredible, but the song, you know, it, it's not whatever pantheon means. I'm putting it low in the pantheon. <laughs> Good for you with that word. <laughs> Uh, what else did I want to tell you about? Oh my God, there's so good much. You, I gotta. Good for you. Yeah, good for you. Um, good for you. Hey, Fred, did you watch the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I have not watched it yet. Uh, it was my daughter's birthday, so we flew out to see her this weekend. But I'm hoping to catch up on that. And Jimmy Page on a double neck Gibson. There's no fucking need for that. Jesus Christ. Why does he do it then? I, I think it's because, you know, like everybody sees Jimmy Page. It's iconic. You know, they think of like, you know, the song remains the same, you know, the live, uh, film version. And they see him standing on that stage with that, uh, double neck guitar. They're just, Desperate for attention, I mean, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So they put him out there with his best guitar, and that's it. 
Wait a second. You're going to blame the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for Jimmy yeah, Page coming up? I do. With a, why would, I do. They, don't, they don't tell Jimmy Page what I think to they do. Go, Jimmy, could you bring that double neck Gibson? No. I think that would yeah, look really, really cool if you did that. I love I'm you, anti- but you got you got strange. <laughs> you're, you're like a conspiracy theorist. You think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame can tell Jimmy Page to bring a double neck guitar? I think they did. Yes, I do. No. It's not a conspiracy. I think they're just trying to, like, you know, bring back uh, when rock was cool, when rock was good. And not we'll fly back and see your daughter again. Let her straighten you out. There's something wrong with you. What are you talking about? Are By the way, crazy? she likes the struts. She likes the struts. So they, Yeah. Oh, they did a great job, the struts. On terrific app. job. Check that out. Yeah. Terrific. Okay. And well, uh, Peter, Peter, Peter Frampton's also a Django uh, Reinhardt fan. So there you go. Was yeah. it, you know, listen, listen to him all when he was a kid. So there you go. Yeah. Well, let's, let's hope Peter can keep playing the guitar and doesn't end up with three fingers that he can use. Right. I know. Yeah. I went with Gary to see that. Uh, I think his last tour, he was still fucking amazing. You know, yeah. one of the greatest. Yeah. We were all there together, time. Fred. Yeah. We yeah. Were. Yeah. There, he's know, not there on the uh, he's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It seems no, stupid and the, to me. And the spinners are so you know. And Kate Bush is. <laughs> and By the Jeff way, I thought is not. I thought New Edition did a nice job uh, in the tribute to the spinners and uh, you know whatever. All right, so have a so have a spinners Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Don't put them in there with Rock and Roll. That's not Rock and Roll. Sorry. Gary. Well, they've expanded it now. They put country artists in there. They put rap yeah. in there. They put R and B. Just call it pop music or something then, because yeah. you know it just seems crazy to call it a rock and roll hall of fame because it's not. Well, rock and I don't roll. mind it if there was some kind of influence from those, right. you know, and the spinners influenced nobody. No, they influenced, they influenced no me. one. <laughs> I'm a big rubber Gary. band. I'm they, a big rubber band man fan. They influence Gary to go to the bar and go. Boom, boom, I think boom, that's the spindles over there. But 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 Fred, seriously, you're complaining about the Rock and Roll of Fame. But like once they let they Michael suck. Jackson, but once they let Michael Jackson and Madonna in, it's just the Music Hall of Fame. They just call it Rock and Roll. You know, Dolly and Parton, Nina you know Simone. I mean, Nina Simone a few years back. What the fuck was that all about? It's, it's the Music Hall of Fame. Okay, all right, well then take, out take it off air. I don't care. All right, Jimbo, you're on the air in Tennessee. What's up? Hey, hey now. So, hey now. I'm going to see my, uh, I grew up in a very, very religious household. Like, I mean, a cult and everything. Um, and I just found out recently that my sister became a stripper. And she has, like, OnlyFans and all that stuff. Me and my brother have been kind of thinking about going out there and uh, paying a trip to the to the strip club, but we don't know, you know. So I was going to get your thoughts on it because you're kind of the king. Yeah, that's a rough one, Jimbo. You know, the, every expert will tell you. How old's your sister? Uh, 27, 28. Yeah. Every expert will tell you that you're not supposed to, like, like, you could go over and see how she's doing and go sit with her and tell her you care about her and say you're worried that, you know, maybe she could get hurt because, you know, a lot of mob no, 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 dudes no, no. run. No, nothing like that. No, no, we're talking about, like, going and, you know, seeing her at the club. Because now oh, we've geez, that's fallen sick. away from the cult. You know what I'm saying? You mean well, you want to go see your like sister? That. You want to go see your sister naked, Jimbo? About naked, but you know, just just pay her a visit. Go over there and see. You're going to the strip club to see her. <laughs> yeah, Robin. Oh, I don't know what well, this guy's talking about. 
She's at work and she's going to be in very little. Are you hoping, yeah, Jimbo, yeah. to convince her not to be a stripper by being there and embarrassing her in a way? Like saying, hey, if you're going to take your clothes off, then do it for me and my brother. No, I, I, don't, I don't know if it'd be like talk her out of it. I don't care what she does. Because, like I said, I grew up in a cult, but now I'm like more of a Satanist type deal. Jimbo, what the fuck are you asking me, dude? I don't even know what you're asking me. If you're going to a strip club, the only advice I have is bring a lot of singles because you got to stuff them in your sister's panties. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I've, I've watched a lot of uh, panties. You know, it's... Jimbo, I got to go. I don't, you're not making sense to me. Sounds like you want you have a thing for your sister and you want to see her naked. No, I've just been watching a lot of that It's Just Wrong uh, rerun from the oh, Turn On Demand. But okay, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. Well, there's a hint in the title. <laughs> it's Just Wrong. <laughs> we didn't call it It's Just Okay. <laughs> it's Just Amazing. Uh, no, I, I. Is your sister well, super you hot? I love you guys so much. I, well, she she's a stepsister, so she's kind of... She looks good. I mean, I'm not going to say she looks hot, but she looks good. All right. I, I got to go, Jimbo. This is so fucking weird. The guy called. Now it's his stepsister. I don't know what he's talking about. I'll tell you one thing. If my sister was in a strip club stripping, I wouldn't go see her. That'd be a little fucking weird. <laughs> if you wanted to see her, you'd see her in off hours, right? I, I would try to like say, hey, you know, <laughs> something I can do to help here. But what time are you working? I don't want to see you at work. So let yeah, me come no. see you in the coffee shop or something. It's got to be some other place I can see you. Yeah. That dude sounds like he wants to have sex with his sister. Well, the the whole he was raised in a cult and he sort of implied. I mean, he didn't imply. He just said, I'm kind of a Satanist. That, that sounds like a cult, too. <laughs> yeah just be normal i don't know if he can do that <laughs> that's right. a tall order yeah uh what Paige, you're on the air us for it's just wrong influence hey now <laughs> hey now Paige. what up hey uh howard i just wanted to tell you and robin thank you and i'm so happy that you guys are here and on the air because I, uh, my daughter and I have gone through some pretty major medical trauma and um, it's just been really hard to watch your child go through cancer and ultimately uh, an amputation and just mm -hmm. listening to you and Robin talk about medical stuff over the years has been, you know, kind of like a good advice, like from a family member or something for me because I don't have a lot of family and, um, you know, when Robin was saying how you have to be in control of your own health care, you can't expect a doctor to just tell you what to do and tell you what the best thing is for you. And my daughter and I had a lot of really hard choices to make till when we came up with this final, uh, you know, surgery for her, but she's doing so much better. And there was even one point where we had to go to Houston. She was on a clinical trial medication uh, to try to shrink the tumor in her leg. And when we would drive back, she would put her headphones on and I would put you on because <laughs> she was only I mean, 16. Wonderful. 
How old is she? She was uh, 16 at that time. Oh, 16, yeah. Well, believe me. Uh, we could be a good influence on kids. Right, Robin? Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes it's absolutely insane to let your kid listen to us. <laughs> yeah, it was March, so it wasn't October. <laughs> right. Well, Paige, I'm sorry what you're going through with your daughter. and you know. But I she's doing better. She's doing better. She's doing better. She is. You know, she was on a lot of pain medication and four different types of chemo medications and she had to get infusions and take pills mm. and now she's uh you know she doesn't have to take any medicine now and she's back in high school and all right. she's well, got listen, a little leg it's great all right you hang thank in there you. we love you thank you Paige. i tell you that was depressing where's well, that it had guy? a happy ending Where's that guy who wants to, uh, you know, fuck his sister? What happened to him? <laughs> you want to go back to him? That wasn't depressing <laughs> <Yeah>. enough. <laughs> That's a little yeah. lighter topic. Okay, I got an exclusive for you now. Going to make you real happy with this. Um, you know, uh, we're trying to make dreams come true for the Whack Pack. So we're working on a new series called Five Questions in Five Minutes. It's a simple premise. We give one of the WAC pack the opportunity to interview their favorite celebrity. And so the first person we chose for this honor to go number one is uh, Mark the Bagger. He's one of my favorite whack packers. I don't know how many people love Mark the Bagger, but I love the guy. Yeah. Um, anyway... Mark loves the Philadelphia Eagles, so I was thinking maybe he'd want to interview one of the Eagles. He loves pregnancy porn, so I thought maybe he'd want to interview a porn star. He loves coming on his carpet. He loves to jerk off at home five times a day, and his carpet is crunchy and thick from jerking off on it. But above everyone else in the world, he loves comedian Nikki Glazer. Oh, yes. Beautiful oh, and you know what Nikki. you could call this? Make a whack pack wish. Well, I don't want to be insulting. I'm trying to give it a new kind. You know what I mean? It, it, it implies they're ill. Uh, it's called Five Questions in Five Minutes, Rob. Believe me, we had a long uh, a long discussion about it. Um, and by the way, uh, so I'm going to play you a tape of this new feature uh, next oh, week. Wait a minute. Let me ex understand this. You ask Mark the Bagger five questions? No. He gets to talk oh. to Nikki Glazer, who he loves. And he gets to ask her five questions. Oh, okay. Now, coming next week, Ask Napkin Ed interviews Henry Kissinger. I had no idea he what? that was his dream. Yeah? yeah. No, I'm not. Come on. <laughs> Robin. Uh, yes, Ask Napkin. Uh, when uh, we were fighting the Vietnam War, I said to Nixon that uh, he should stop the war. I tried. I did. I did. Ask Napkin. I tried. Anyway, uh, Nikki was gracious enough to agree to an interview with Mark. If you remember when we did Holly Weird Squares, uh, Mark the Bagger was fucking whispering underneath his breath. I mean, he, uh, he, he was like, oh, Nikki, Nikki. Nikki. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Anyway, so as I said, Nikki was very gracious. Things got off to a rocky start before they even got on together. Mark made a last-minute decision to conduct the interview from his manager, Anthony's car. Oh. Yeah, that is a fucked-up sentence that he has a manager. And why <laughs> would you conduct an interview from your car? Which makes it so difficult for us to get a good connection.
Yeah, and does so, his manager not have an office? I Why don't know. Why are they in the car? Well, anyway, here we are trying. This is before we even get Nikki involved. Here we are trying to work with Mark the Bagger and his manager. Can you see me now, Mark? No. No, I can't see you at all. A piece of your finger is covering the camera, Mark. Is, oh, now I can go. see you. Oh, now you can see me. Great. We have a glare. We have a glare. Sit in the back, Mark. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing? I don't know. I said, Mark, 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 relax, relax. Oh my God. Ow. Yes. Hold on, he's flipping the fuck out. All okay. right. All right. Yeah, I'll wait. I'll wait. Go ahead. It's okay. It's okay, dude. Mark, it's, listen, it's okay, dude. It's, it's just go to my house. Listen, it's it's okay. All good, buddy. So, Sal, how do we get back to where I see you now? It went to some fucking. It went to his messages. Do you know how to? Do you know how to work it? Just relax. Yeah, it's all good, okay, Mark. Yeah. All right, yeah, just stay like that, Mark. That's good. I'm going to bring Nikki in, okay? Can you see me, Mark? Yes. As he's going to do that, I can hold the back of his phone. You know what I mean? Oh, jeez. Yeah. We lost him. <laughs> the Wi-Fi. Uh, Mark, are you there? Mark, let me see you move. Yes. All right, we're going to do the best that we can. Um, what? Okay, stand by, guys. Just stay there. Keep your phone there. Everything's great. Thank you, guys. Hold on, okay? All right. Yeah. Not a good sign when Sal is the voice of reason. Uh, I didn't and hold even, up much hope. Even uh, Mark the Bagger has good ideas. Like, let's just go back to my house. Why are we in yeah. this car? I don't know. but I don't know what went on. It was crazy. And with that, Mark and Nikki started the interview. Okay. And so here's Mark uh, opening up the brand new feature, Five Questions in Five Minutes. Here he is talking to the love of his life. He's jerked off a million times to Nikki. Uh, he, I think what, even when we were playing Hollywood Squares, he, here, here he is during Hollywood Squares. You remember the, he went into a whole thing. Damn noise. Damn noise. Hey, Nikki, I'm single too. I'm single too. Oh, yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Wow. Anyway, yeah, yeah. It's all worked up. Anyway, so here, so you realize this is a big deal for Mark the Bagger. Yes. Uh, here's the opening to the interview. Hello, this is five questions. This is five minutes, five questions in five minutes. And, uh, and I'm here to, and, and, uh, I'm Mark the Bagger here. I would like to introduce one of the funniest and hottest comedians out there. Nikki Glazer. Hi. So, Nikki. Hello. So, Nikki. Oh, jumping right in. Okay, yes. So, Nikki, tell us about F-Boy Island Season 3. That premieres Monday, October 16th on the CW. Smooth. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a, a show that I host where um, three women are looking for love and there's a bunch of uh, idiot guys who are trying to win them over and half of the guys are F-boys and half of them are nice guys and the girls have to find out who and you also can can play at home and try to figure out who and it's really funny and I get to make fun of everyone the whole time. Oh. Are you a nice guy or an F-boy, Mark? Yes, I'm a nice guy. All right. Our chemistry is insane. It just feels so natural with you uh, in this car that you're filming from. I, you know, I never got to do uh, Jerry Seinfeld's comedians in cars getting coffee, but this feels close. Cool. Yeah. I like that you, you didn't close the sunroof. 
<laughs> yeah, why make it look like a studio? Why try? It is what it is. You are who you are. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, my goodness. Nikki sounds like she was uh, taken hostage by Hamas. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, uh, Mark's like a, like a horny Barbara Walters. He's just right in there with the questions. But on a mission, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Mark can five questions out. Yeah. Here goes, uh, here's, uh, Mark's first two questions. Here we go. My, my first question is, what do you look for in a guy when dating? Um, you know, uh, the, the regular things. I like a, a guy who's, um, charismatic and funny and handsome and, um, has, has a lot of semen in, in their rugs. Uh, I threw that cool. one in for you. Cool. Uh, my second, cool. favorite, really my cool. second question is, mm -hmm. what is your favorite song? Okay. <laughs> um, well, I was out of left field. Okay. Um, well, it's probably, um, the Beatles in my life is, is, I think a classic. And then, um, do you know that song? Could you sing it? No, I don't think I know that one. Oh, thank God. Yes. So that, probably that song. What's your favorite song? Um, piano Man. Oh, great one. Sing us a song. You're the piano man. Sing us a song tonight. We're, Cause all we're all in the mood for a melody, and you've got, got us feeling all right. How much time can I waste with you <laughs> as we sing this song? Anyway, uh, they're, they're really hitting it off. I mean, I'm not going to play you the whole thing because you'll well, feel I mean, out of Did your he mind. get to the five questions? That's my question. Well, here's Mark's final question. He did, but it was just a lot of nonsense. But here's Mark's final question and, and an interesting farewell. So uh, here uh, we go, Robin. This is this is through the magic of editing. My last question is: yeah. Do you have a shaved pussy or non-shaved pussy? <laughs> Again, this reminds me of Seinfeld. Um, okay, uh, I. It depends on the day. Right now, I think it's I think it's shaved. I just want to be honest with you. You know, like that's you took a chance in asking a very bold question, and most I think people would say I'm not answering that, but I, it's shaved right now because uh, I thought I, I was going to get some the other day. But generally, it's just like what I'm in the mood for. I like shave my legs, and then you get all you get up there, and you're kind of just like, do I have time? And so, um, yes, I, I, right now I think it's 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 shaved. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like this this was successful. Did you get everything? Did yeah. You, anything else? Well, um, I would I would love to take you out uh, to dinner or lunch. It. Uh, yeah, I I would consider that. Um, uh, where do you live? I live in uh, I live near this. I live near Philadelphia. Okay. All right. Well, next, well, I think I'm coming there on my tour, and maybe we can film it or something because that would make City. it worth it. Atlantic City, you are. Oh, okay. Of course, you know. <laughs> that makes and, me feel uh, safe. Actually, uh -huh. I've met you before when we did the, um, the Hollywood Square. Yes, I love you, Mark. Great job. Love you too, Nikki. See you. Thanks. Thank you so much. Good job. Thanks. Bye. She's so sweet. I mean, you know. Oh my goodness! Like she's goofing on him, but it, but in a nice way, you know, like a yeah. gentle way. But it's funny that you know 
She says, well, maybe I'm coming there. Oh, you're going to be in Atlantic City. He's all he's all prepared. He knows her schedule. <laughs> By the way, I should mention it's called five questions. Mark asked four questions. <laughs> well, the last perfect. one was a, the last one was a doozy about the shaved pussy. I, I might steal that one for tomorrow. <laughs> That's going to be if you were a tree. What kind yeah. of tree would you be? Yeah. Anyway, after the interview, as we often do, we do a follow-up to see how things went for Mark, how he liked the show. Is he going to sell that show to, uh, you know, Disney Plus? What, what What's the plan here? And uh, here's Mark reflecting on his interview with Nick. So, Mark, how did you feel about interviewing Nikki Glaser? That was awesome. Yeah, when I think about it, I've been masturbating a lot to her. And what do you think of when you masturbate? I think of her naked and I'm banging her. Doggy style. And where do you end up coming? On my carpet. Is there anything else that you like to say to Nikki? I like to meet her in person and go on a date with her. Yeah, well. We'll see about that. that. One thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he, he tends to repeat himself. Oh, hey, hey, it's Mark the Bagger. How are you? Oh, oh shave pussy, shave pussy, Nikki. Oh, Nikki. Oh, I love doggy style. One bend over like a dog and go to town. Oh, Nikki, 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 Nikki. Oh. Mark, yeah. I think it's fairly obvious, but just I'll spell it out for my audience. It sounds to me like you're standing nude in your home and yes. uh, you're, yeah, and you're, you're masturbating right onto the carpet. Is that correct? Yes, and I tripped over my jeans pile and had to get five stitches on my bounder. Oh. Uh, on your boner? Yes. Hey, yes. what do you think about when you're, you're masturbating? I think about Nikki. And I think about her. I think about F-Boy Island Season 3 coming out on October 16th on CW. And I just love Nikki. Nice, nice, nice. Yes. <laughs> I think she's into me. I played it cool with her. Hey, she said something about going to uh, dinner or lunch with you as long as she could film it, you know? Why not? Yes, that's my technique on how to pick up chicks. If you want to learn, I'll show you. You want to see how? Sure. <clears throat> hey, Robin, what's your favorite movie? <laughs> the Godfather. Do you shave your pussy or do you not shave your pussy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. All right, Mark. Thank you. Good strategy there. The, the pussy yes. question always works. Did he make up those questions or were they given to him? Uh, he wrote them out. So somebody helped him with those. Okay. But uh, he only had four of them, though. <laughs> oh, he wrote them. How do you who? He wrote Sal, them. How do you know? You told him you must write them yourself. I told him he must write them himself. Exactly. We gave him a week to prepare. That was one week preparation. Jesus. And he only came up with four, so that's <laughs> yeah. about good. That's right. That's about uh, how it should yeah. be. I love it. All right, Sal. Good job on that one. I, I loved it. I Thanks so much, Howard. Yeah. Good job. Is anybody um, paying attention to the time? Because it's five questions in five minutes. No, nobody Yeah, but cares. Robin, when you're working with a whack packer, you, you know, <laughs> the guy's asking about <laughs> shape pussy. Cut him a break, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I think what he's doing is he had five questions. He's saving the fifth question for the date. It's a smart move. You don't want to. You got to have an icebreaker. I saw a tape somewhere of Flavor Flav singing. I don't know where I saw it. That I saw it on the internet. Flavor Flav singing the Star Spangled Banner somewhere or America uh -huh. the Beautiful. Yeah, it's quite a rendition. You know what I'm talking about, Gary? 
Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I, I think it was Minnesota or Milwaukee. It was a, yeah. it was a basketball game, NBA game. Um, I thought it was, it was funny. The, the best part for me was they had the, like, the Boy Scouts out there holding flags. So these 10 year olds are standing next to Flavor Flavor. They, they go to Flav, then they go to the Boy Scout. It just looked funny. Yeah. Flav was at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, I talked to him. I saw him for, uh, for quite a bit. Him and, uh, Chuck D from Public Enemy. But I don't know why they were there because, they didn't perform or anything, but I think they were there just supporting people who were getting inducted. Probably supporting a Missy Elliott. Probably, I yeah. would think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, those guys were there, huh? Yeah. That Flav is everywhere. I, I remember, like, I'd go out and do the Jimmy Kimmel show, and Flav would be backstage. I go, "Oh, you on the show?" I don't even think he was on the show. He was no, just hanging. the whole band was there. Kimmel. <laughs> were they? I don't remember. <laughs> yes. That yeah, I have a. Were you with me that night? I don't I remember was there, anything. Yeah, thank God. Oh, the band was on. I was just like, "Hey, what's Flav doing in my dressing room?" <laughs> but it's you know, he's a, a fellow Roosevelt Long Islander. Anybody who's from Roosevelt Long Island, I'll I'll hang with, and we talk about the old neighborhood. I haven't seen Eddie Murphy in a hundred years, but anytime I saw him, we talked about. Roosevelt, Conlon Road, House Boulevard. And every time I would make a reference to that time, Eddie would start laughing, I think, because he was like, damn, you really did live in Roosevelt, didn't you? I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe I survived. <laughs> yeah. Did you talk to Flavor Flav and Chuck D? I talked to Flavor Flav. You know, the other guys stayed in, you know, whatever room right. they had them in. And Flavor was just roaming around. He was everywhere. And so Gary, he what came about in and talk to me? What about you at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Did you speak to Chuck D and uh, I Flav? did. I did. I, sp I spoke to uh, Chuck D and Flav for a while. Flav was just, you know, he's Flavor Flav. Although he's, you know, when he doesn't have a microphone in front of him, he is, you know, you, you can have more of a conversation with him. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. But but it was good. I was talking to Chuck, and he was saying how. He always felt that um, Flav was the better representative to come and do our show. He liked Flavor <laughs> with you. He thought that worked better. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know those guys had conversation about it, but <laughs> <laughs> that band was great. Yep. They, those guys were great. What does Chuck D do now? I mean, uh, they don't have the band anymore, do they? He does a lot of stuff. Actually, Chuck's an amazing artist, uh, like a really, really good artist. And uh, Painter? I went to one of them. Um, he sketches, I went to one of his shows, like almost like, like, like kind of like, not cartoons exactly, but like sketches. I went to one of his art shows at Adelphi last year. Um, but he does stuff and, uh, they were there like, um, I saw Queen Latifah backstage. I saw Ice T. There was like a whole group, I guess, that were involved in the Missy Elliott thing. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Ice T inducted, uh, Rage Against the Machine and, uh, Missy Elliott was in Tom Morello. But did you ask him if he, did he like my, uh, the, I have this weird feeling he didn't like the message I made for his mother on her 100th birthday. You know, it's so funny. I was standing there. He actually walked over to me to say hello. He was with his son, who's like the most adorable kid, like a 14 year old kid and just a sweet kid. And we talked for a while and I was almost going to ask. And it just seemed like a weird thing to bring up in a group uh. of people. But I was going to ask. It crossed my mind. Uh, Morello's son. Plays the guitar, I think, better than Morello, which is hard to believe because really? he's so great. Yeah, this fucking kid can play. He sent me a tape of the kid. It was unbelievable. That's funny you know, I because like, I asked, I asked the kid. We were just standing there. I go, "Do you play?" 
And he kind of shook his head. He goes, no, no. And then Tom was like, he plays baseball. He's a really good baseball player. So no, they the were kind of like putting off. Maybe he wrote a, a song. Kid. <laughs> no, the kid. Yeah, maybe you asked the wrong kid because one of those kids has a band and was like, he wrote a song too, like leave the kids alone or, you know, like, like one of those kind of anthem, anthem type songs, like leave us kids alone. Wish I had it. I played. It was pretty, I mean, it was insane. I guess if your dad's Tom Morello and he's a great guitar player, you know, you end up, my dad, I don't know what I got from him. A lot of yelling and screaming. You do yell. <laughs> I do yell well. Sometimes I almost yell like I'm him. <laughs> I just want to say one more thing about Flavor Flav, though. You know, you can't walk three feet. Everybody wants to meet him, Howard. Everybody. And I left early, but he was hanging out with Ross. And you know who came over that wanted to take a picture with Flav? Jimmy Page wanted to meet Flavor Flav. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. But he's he, got uh, a magnetic personality. That's he why. He really does. What does he do? Because it was daylight savings time. Do, like all those clocks he hangs around his neck. Did <laughs> he, he have the have right to time? Change all the clocks. <laughs> Did you look? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was looking at the clock. He's wearing like a big white one. And I never bothered to see if the time is correct. Wow. I wonder if the time is correct. <laughs> and you know, he never changed. Like you know, like Slash still wears that giant uh, magician's hat on his head. Uh huh. But it still looks kind of cool. You know, sometimes things can look dated. The the clock thing, I always felt with flavor, it never, no, no one ever like, no one ever picked up on that. You know what I mean? It's like he's the only one who wears a big giant clock around him and he's still doing it. Like you'd think at this point, he'd be like, you know what? Fuck this clock. But do you think you ever thought about going him? digital? Wait, yeah, what, Gary? Right. Do you think you ever thought about going digital? Do you think you ever thought about changing so. it to a digital? <laughs> digital. He wears Get a watch that now. new Apple uh, thing and put that on a chain. <laughs> so he has a phone and a clock. But uh, if you saw Flavor Flav without the clock, you I might not recognize that guy looks like Flavor Flav, but there's no clock. Yeah. Oh, they do it. Flavor Flav singing the national anthem at the Bucks game. It was a Bucks game. It was fucking off the charts. It was crazy. The singing of the Star Spangled Banner performed tonight by six-time Grammy Award-nominated rapper and artist Flava Flav. Oh, oh, say, can you see? <laughs> Flava Flav. By the dawn's early what so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars It's a hard song to sing, you know, Robin. Of course it is. Have you ever tackled that one? 
I think I have. Have you? Somebody's version. Yeah. Didn't I? Uh, uh, I, I believe yeah. you did. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's or the ramparts we watch. Not or. or the or. Ramparts. Uh, you're or particular. Or the ramparts. Oh, 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 What's so I believe you were doing the Aretha Franklin version, if I remember correctly now. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. You're my favorite singer. No offense to Barbara Streisand. Remember what I said to you after you sang this? I said... I know Aretha Franklin did this, but you're Ariola Franklin, and you loved it when I came up with that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm going to get you a job at the Bucks game singing that thing. <laughs> I've never felt more patriotic than when I hear you doing that. Should have been over like 15 minutes ago. Uh, Greg, you're on the air. What up? And then I'll tell you someone who died. Hey, uh, I'm going to do a little obituary. Yeah, go ahead. Um, uh, hey, now, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Flavor Flav is like a classical pianist, too. Is that true? I never heard that. Yeah, I saw a video of him, like, jamming on a, on a baby grand piano. Wow. Ask, ask Gary that. Did not know that. Is All Gary right. the historian for Flavor Flav? Ask Gary. <laughs> I, yeah, Gary knows I something. Know. I mean, I I <laughs> went to the same town as Flavor Flav. If anyone would know about Flavor Flav, it's me. Uh, no, I, 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 I swear. <laughs> I did just look it up. Yeah. Right? I just went to, I went out to YouTube and I found a video of him playing the piano. He looked pretty good. Is it for real or is it like a, a fake? A deep no, fake? No, I think it's real. Let me hear all Anybody right. can play that? I mean, I would like to hear that. All right. Cool. Thanks. I didn't know that about him. Good for him. I, oh, here you go. Oh, no. I don't have it. All right. Whatever. I'll take your word for it. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I see Bobo's up here. Uh, he's got say, I already see his question. It's ridiculous. Oh, uh, really? I got to hear him it ask. then. Let, so yeah. This might be the worst one yet. Hey, Bobo, you're on the air. Hey, how you doing? Um, I would like to know, like, behind the scenes, like what Gary does, you know, when you book a guest that refused to come on for years and then you wore them down. Like, how do you, what's the process behind the scenes? I think that would be <laughs> I told you. interesting. Well, yeah, but Howard, for you, maybe Nobody not, cares, but, uh, Bobo. Hey, they make multiple the What do you do, think the process is to get a guest on the show? I don't know. That's you make phone calls. calls, you get in touch with a publicist, you put in multiple requests, you know, come on. On our show, we're, you know, how far would Gary once yeah. kidnapped, uh, in order to get Barbara Streisand on here, we kidnapped one of her, we, our, our family members, They're like a cousin or something. <laughs> and then one time when we got Bruce Springsteen on, Gary blew the publicist, believe it or not. So he'll go pretty far. Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, but it okay, also, good. But also, too, well, let me ask you something. This is a follow-up one. What was Robert Plant's frustration with you? Uh, all right, goodbye. I mean, this guy's out of his fucking mind with these questions. I don't even Sometimes, know what his question meant. I, I was like, is that the answer to your question, Bobo? I don't even know what your question was. He knows the... His question was, how far do you go to get a guest? And what do you think? I don't we think do, that was what he said. I think that's what it, that's what he said, I think. <laughs> and then his follow-up was, what was Robert Plant's frustration with me? Call, call Robert Plant. I, I don't even know that Robert Plant's frustration. I mean, I've said many times, Robert Plant doesn't want to talk about Led Zeppelin. That's his thing. <laughs> So, so he already knows the answer to these questions, is what I'm telling you. Okay. Anyway, uh, here's another uh, death. I don't understand sports. I'm not a big sports fan. I understand the Giants really blow in such a big way now. I saw a little bit of that game yesterday, and it was it was just terrible. Gary, sum it, <laughs> it up for like us. They weren't okay. playing the same game as the other guys. Okay. They're playing a team who's got a coach who's never coached a game in the NFL. He's an interim coach. He got hired in the middle of the week. I, um, the other team's quarterback <laughs> is a rookie. He can barely play. Howard, I blinked. It, like, I got up. It was 7 nothing. I went to the bathroom. It was 14 nothing. I went somewhere. It was 20. It was 28 nothing by the half. They lost 30 to 6. They were Maybe never Maybe you're the, the problem. You get up too much during the game and people score. <laughs> They've got their third string quarterback in. Their first string quarterback came back. He got hurt again. Their second string quarterback separated his shoulder or some shit last week. So they got their third string kid in who is like, you know, I know he went to a decent school and I know he was good, but he's just, you know, I don't know what's going on with him. And so they are in complete disarray. They're two and seven now. Jesus Christ. The Giants. What the fuck? A New York team. By the way, let me say something about your Jets, Gary. Yeah. Uh, imagine, I don't think the Jets are playing that horribly considering they lost Aaron Rodgers. But do you ever think in your mind, man, what if Aaron Rodgers had stayed healthy? I think the Jets would have been contenders. First of all, the shot, the fact that they are contenders is shocking. They're four and three. They play tonight. If they win, they're five and three and they're right in it. But, um, but yeah, if Aaron Rodgers was there, I know some people go like, um, you know, the Jets offensive line sucks. Like Aaron was on his heels all four plays he played. I was like, he played four fucking plays. Who knew what was going to happen? I mean, calm down. And so, um, they're still in it, but I, I do feel there's this rumor going around that a lot of people are saying that Aaron had this horrible injury that is very difficult to recover from. And there's a rumor going around that he might be able to come back before the end of the season. If the Jets can just get near the playoffs, he'll come back. But I don't think that's going to happen. That's mm. a rumor. Yeah, well, right? they yeah. showed him walking without crutches right. on the he's, sidelines. He's, he's, he's recovering faster than you think. But people are saying yeah. wow. to recover in a season is almost unheard of. He tore his Achilles, right? Which is evidently yeah. very hard to recover from. And what do I know? I tell you, I, I, I am so glad I don't waste any of my time watching football. It's just too big an investment in time. I took up painting. If I was watching football, I couldn't paint. I wouldn't have any, because the only free time, I, I only get a couple hours a week to paint. You could paint and watch football. You kind of can. No, I couldn't. Howard, you know if what I'm, you could do? I'm seduced by football. I, when I watch it, I'm all in. I can't multitask. Really? Yeah. You know what I'm you could do? You. They telescope the games now. Now, like you could watch the game after the game. 
and you could watch the highlights. Like you could really watch a twenty-minute highlight reel. I'll tell you what. I called my uh, son-in-law. Well, I called my daughter yesterday. My son-in-law happened to be there, and I said, "What are you doing?" And he said, uh, "I'm watching basketball. I'm watching this new dude who's evidently that like nine. Wimbyama. Yeah, he goes. I said, "Hey, I heard about this guy. What is he like? Seven feet tall, and he's a phenom in the in Seven the NBA." Something. Yeah, yeah. I said, "I would like to watch that. How do you find that?" And he goes, oh, you got to go on this app, Dad. I go, oh, fuck that. I'm not going to watch that. But then apparently Jay- the NBA has a great app for, you know, checking out who you want to check out. Yeah. Well, my poor son-in-law was watching it on his little iPhone because uh, he um, my daughter's got him whipped into shape. He had just done the shopping and he was cut, making him lunch. I'm like, man, my daughter's they know how to bust balls. Oh, yeah. My daughters used to boss me around. Now they're bossing their husbands around. It's fucking great. I love it. <laughs> he was like, he was doing his chores. And uh, my daughters are strong women. They will, they will bust your balls. Trust me. I remember we had Jerry O'Connell on the wrap up show once. Yeah. And he was talking about with Rebecca that he used to be really into gaming. And he told us that she, he said something like Sunday from nine. 30 to 9.45 is my time to game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you know, once you have kids, you if, if you're going to step up and be a husband, you got to take on some of the chores. You know, it's uh, it's rough. I was bad at that stuff. I remember I when my kids were young, I'd come home from the radio show and then my chores were to go shopping and then take the kids to the park. And, and, and I was like, whoa, how am I going to, how am I going to do all these chores? <laughs> I got to prepare a radio show for the next day. <laughs> but I did my chores. But my son-in-laws, they, they got a lot of chores. And, uh, well, he's, they don't even have kids yet and he's already got chores. Oh yeah. Well, what, well, we got one, one of my daughters has kids and then the, you know, my other daughter doesn't have, she just got married, but she's already got chores. <laughs> uh, JD was up till 1130 last night watching the Bengals game and I'm like, and he sounded it this morning. Yeah. He I know. Really I'm like Bengals. I, I sound fine. Get out of here. Give me a break. This morning you were Bangles. you were like like you just woke up. You were hoarse. <laughs> I was not hoarse. I Anybody? First of all, hey JD, I, I don't let him call you a horse. Fight back. Call him a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. Horse. You know, Gary. For someone who Stop says they it. don't like animal comparisons, uh, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, he's horse. I thought you called him a horse. I'm sorry. He really did. Were, like he got up this morning and he goes, "I was watching the Bengals game till 11:30." There was oh, something please. going on with your voice. Let yeah. me ask you something, Gary and JD, because you Man, guys are yes. sports fanatics. What the fuck is going on in the NFL that these games are on at 11:30 at night? We're, I mean, what are these guys oh. doing? I mean, it's all about the money. It's primetime games, you know. You put them on one channel and, uh, you know. Yesterday, money. Howard, if you wanted to, yeah. if you were crazy, the first game started at 10 a.m. 9.30. 9.30, and the last game ended at 11.30. The first Jesus. game was played in Germany. That's why it started at 9.30. Right. So, my, uh, yeah, there was football all day. My uh, father-in-law must have been in heaven. He fucking loves football. <laughs> And he watches any game. He doesn't have oh. a particular team. 
he if his sports on, oh, you know, yeah. he's he's probably confused by me because you know he seems to like me, but I don't see how. I mean, the guy love. I mean, he'll watch NBA, NFL. I mean, any sporting event. He, he was an athlete. He was a uh, he played for uh, Pitt. You know, football back in the day, but uh, Jesus Christ, with these games, I don't know. You got to have no I'm, life. I'm grateful to Barbara Streisand. I have to thank her because the Jets have a huge game tonight that starts at eight thirty, and because she's going a little later tomorrow, I can actually watch the game tonight. I tell you something. I'm all freaked out about changing my schedule. That's the only <laughs> thing that I'm flipping out because you got to hear this. So Barbara Streisand, she was available at 10 a.m., and she made a big compromise in her schedule to be on our show. So I said, okay, I'll move the show. Oh, no, she's coming on at 11, so we're starting don't the show Howard, at 10. That's West Coast time. That's 8 a.m. to her, which is unheard of for her. Right. So I, I recognize she's putting out for us, and I appreciate it. But I'm just concerned because me doing a show tomorrow where I'm going to be talking to her at 11 a.m., by 11 a.m. in the day, I get up at 4 in the morning. I can't help it. I can't go, I can't sleep in. By 11 a.m., your hero is going to be probably asleep during the interview. I might fall asleep. <laughs> I am so I loopy. You eat, you eat lunch. 11 a.m., I'm already done with lunch. I'm in bed napping. <laughs> right. I was going to say, what does that do to your eating schedule? Because My you... schedule every day. I get off the air 10, 10 30, sometimes 11. I run upstairs. I'll eat a little something. Then I get right in my bed. <laughs> and I go, thank God for bed. <laughs> and then I just, I close my eyes to meditate, quote unquote. And I'm, I'm like, <laughs> even meditation. Beth goes, the sound of meditation. <laughs> yeah, that's the sound of meditation. I love it. And then like uh, an hour and a half later, I'll wake up and, and Beth uh, will be like, the whole day's gone. Where are you? I go, I got no time in my day. I'm like, I don't know, man. Oh, and with so the time with, change. You're not going to see any daylight now. <laughs> oh, that's Dude. true, too. <laughs> so now with the Barbara Streisand situation, tomorrow we don't hit the air till 10 a.m. By 11, I'm talking to Barbara. Let's say Barbara and I hit it off and we're going for a while. I might not eat lunch till 1. Then... <laughs> you're not getting lunch at 1. <laughs> then you take your nappy? <laughs> then I get, if you well, start at 11, well, yeah. you're going to do two hours with her. I don't know. I mean, it's up to Barbara, too, you know. You know, we can't assume. She's, she might, you know, after 10 minutes, she might say, you know, you're yeah, a pain in the ass. she might be watching the no, clock. She, she, yeah. knows we're, she knows we're doing an extensive interview, so. All right, good. So, but but yeah, here's I mean, my point. Here's what I can't figure out. So now, fucking Sirius XM, company I love, I'm a team player, blah, blah, oh, blah. Yeah. They say to me, they want me Wednesday to show up at this event they're having. I still don't understand what it is. I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about it, or maybe I am, maybe I'm not. They're like, can you show up at this event? I go, what time is this fucking event? <laughs> oh, 11 a.m. No! I go, 11 a.m. in Manhattan? Do you mean on Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. Listen to this. Figure this out. This is, this is what blows my mind, because I can never figure out how to schedule stuff. They go, Wednesday at 11. I go, don't I do a radio show till 11? No, no, no. You can get off the air at 10. I said, okay. And then I got to go over, like right after our radio show. I need my nap. Now I got to go speak.
speak at something that I don't even know what I'm speaking at. I don't even, I mean, you know me, I don't want to go anywhere. But even my agent said, I think this would be difficult for you to say no to. I said, yeah, I love Sirius XM. I'm not looking to fuck with anybody. But first of all, I don't like getting up in front of people talking. That's not my thing. I'm not some like stand up comic. And I don't really know anything about anything. I mean, what do I know? You're you're going to a place to speak, but you don't know what the event is or... Well, it's all fucking top secret around here. I would tell you what I know, but I don't even know if I'd be blowing it for these people. I don't know what they're doing. Quite frankly, I mean, it's a nice announcement and everything, but... But, you know, know what what I'm I'm thinking is, does anybody know you? Because if they wanted you to be a part of this, wouldn't they have scheduled it differently? Uh, Yeah. Well, I did say that, but nobody cared. Oh. <laughs> so now I'm thinking, so now my, com- my, my now I'm really fucking freaked out because if I'm going late with Barbara Streisand and then I eat my lunch, then I got to get into the city to do the show tomorrow morning, Wednesday morning, and then get over to this event. Wow. When am I going to get my nap? <laughs> I guess you're napping in the car. I don't nap in a car. I can't nap you in a can't. car. I get, no. And so I am so ragged out about not getting my nap. You know, when you're uh, old, okay. you got to get your nap. Yeah, a lot <laughs> of you young people are sitting there you going, don't know that. you don't need right. a fucking rap. Yeah, nap. Even my wife who knows me, she goes, so you'll skip your nap. I go, oh, great. <laughs> But you eat breakfast at what time? I eat breakfast at uh, 5.45 every oh, day. you got to have lunch before you talk to Barbara. I don't, And I'll fall asleep if I have lunch, so I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> oh, I'm, gonna, I'm telling you, I get woozy. There's something wrong with me. No, there's nothing wrong with you. You're a person of habits. Yeah. But people don't want to hear it. They're like, oh, stop being a baby. Well, that's Suck true. it up. You yeah. could I, I mean, one day or two days of a it, it's, it's fuck, It fucks me up. <laughs> that's because you say it does. I No, it does. you've got to be true to no. your word. Just sleep no. all day Thursday. You'll get right back. <laughs> mm, yeah, right. <laughs> and I lose all Thursday. I, it, it's just... Then I started tantruming around here saying I should have Wednesday off, but I don't want to take Wednesday off. I want to do my radio show. My fans like it. Howard, what time would have worked for you? I'm just curious. Like, what's the time? that No you time. Nothing. I know. Right. <laughs> Nothing works for me. Everything is scheduled down to the minute with me. But if it I was know- at one thirty or 2 o'clock, would that be better? What? The, the, I'd be the worse? event. No, that'd be horrible. Then I'm sitting around the city all day waiting for the event. Uh, I don't know how to schedule things. So now I'm like trying to figure out when to come into the city. Don't ask what I'm doing. My wife's like, well, why don't you go in this time? I go, no, no. And why don't then you go in today? I was thinking about that, but I don't want to. I want to be uh, out here. Uh, yeah. I want to be. I don't like being in the city. But at least if you're in the city, I hate being in the city. Okay. I hate the city. I always have hated the city. I'm a Jeez. country boy. You yeah, lived there a long I, time. My parents would bring me in. I'd be scared out of my mind. <laughs> 
Manhattan scares the fuck out of me. <laughs> I don't know why. Since I'm a little kid, I was just like, I don't want to go. Please don't make me go to Manhattan. So I, I don't like to spend a lot of time there. No! <laughs> oh. Yeah, I know. So I'm all ragged out. Don't even ask. I'm all ragged out. Oh, it's Ukrainian President Zelensky. How are you, sir? How is Stern? I want to say you are a hero for changing your schedule. You're an inspiration <laughs> to all the freedom fighters here in the Ukraine. I know compared to you, President Zelensky, and your freedom fighters, it's not a big deal. You're probably no, saying, no, 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 no. I will be playing. <laughs> I will be playing the theme of your show for the troop on the front line to inspire them. You are incredible, man. We live in a world wow. where schedule changes are as harmful as bombs. And it's very true. Yeah, well, all right. Uh, you Hang guys on, are I'm going to, to, to celebrate. I'm going to play <laughs> the piano with my penis. You know I can do that, right? right? That yeah. I love. Here yeah. we are. Okay, here we go. That's my cock. <laughs> now, this is my ball. That's my balls. Now, here's my cock. Listen, wait for it. Uh, you're like that. Wow. Robin, got one talented I think cut. of you. I got a very talent. Hang on. Oh, I messed up. Well, Someone need to tune this piano. <laughs> All right, President Zelensky. <laughs> I love <laughs> you. you. I love you, too. Thank you, President Zelensky, who says I'm a hero. Or, oh, excuse me. <laughs> All right. Nice. Hey, Ray, you're on the air in Tennessee. What can I do for you? Hello. Hi, Hi Ray. I have a... I'm sorry? Hmm. I said hi. Hello? Hello? Oh, How's it going? What the fuck are you doing, Ray? <laughs> fucking around. Sorry. Hey, you're fucking with my show. Go ahead. I'm so sorry. Well, uh, I got a great story for you. I saw a UFO the other day. I sent an email video. The subject says, Ray in call Q, if you'd like to check that out, sir. You really what did saw you... a UFO? No, he didn't. I he saw something, he saw something I... in the sky. He could but, 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 uh, How did you see a in UFO? the sky, well, he can't identify. <laughs> First of all, you're not an aviation <laughs> expert, so everything to you is a UFO. <laughs> You know, I look it's, up in the sky. I, I, half the shit I see in the sky, I don't know what it is. I don't but know I don't what go. That is. Yeah. I don't go. Oh, I just saw a UFO. <laughs> I, no, I saw a device in the sky that clearly. I certainly saw a device in the sky. I, I, uh, I promise you that. All right, tell I me what happened real quick. Like I'll a... indulge you for three seconds. Go ahead. I, well, um, I was uh, looking out my window because uh, I had a window seat on this plane. And uh, listening to a podcast, I remembered to glance outside the window, and what I see is like the edge of a contact lens sticking out of the cloud. Mm-hmm. And I thought that looked really fucking weird. And I, uh, I'm looking around. So let me tell you, let me ask you something, Ray. Let's use our brains here for a second. Yes, sir. Let's say yes, you know. Sir. First of all, you saw a flying contact lens, and uh, <laughs> let's assume. I'm assuming what you're telling me is highly advanced technology you saw. And so the aliens uh, yeah. who are inhabiting a contact lens shaped uh, ship and a clear ship, they're so fucking advanced that they could come from another planet, from another galaxy. It could come here and they got to hide from you. Why are they hiding from you? 
compared to them, you're an insect. Why are they hiding in the cloud? I have no idea, but exactly. I really, I sincerely, sincerely recommend at least watching that video. Why won't people understand we're alone in the universe? This, what happened here on this planet is such a rare event. Just the fact that this planet got formed, that it rotates around the sun in a way that is unfucking believable. It's not too close. It's not too far. There's a moon. There are tides. The, the hydrogen, the right amount, all these chemicals. It, it's a, a gazillion to one shot. We're alone. Look, Howard, you There's don't no other know aliens. Nobody else. Knows. I know the giant <laughs> contact lens that Ray saw. There's no. It, why would they hide? It's so stupid. You're saying the aliens are such geniuses. They're afraid of us. If they can invent a flying contact lens, think about I was it. Talking Ray. to somebody the other day, and they want to believe in ancient aliens who came here and gave us. A bunch of knowledge. And I'm like, oh, well, please. that's ridiculous. Well, you know where that comes from. Everybody looks at the pyramids in Egypt and they go, how the <laughs> fuck did this happen? It's impossible. The, the aliens probably built these uh, pyramids. Yeah. Now, first of all, why would they build them? Why would they waste their time building pyramids? For what and reason? And then leave. And then le if I'm going to build something, I'm going to keep it. <laughs> and that's what but they built? A triangle? Right? Why would you build a triangle? It's so stupid. And then, they, so people go, well, they, the aliens came down and built the pyramids. No, they didn't. I'll tell you how they did it. They used how? heavy, how? They, they had enough wherewithal and a billion slaves who sat there with a fulcrum and lifted giant stones on top of each other. I that's believe it. that. Absolutely. Of course you believe it, because that's what happened. No aliens came down and built the pyramids. Why would they build that? Imagine they had the technology to come to this planet in a giant contact lens. First of all. And they came here, <laughs> built some pyramids, and left. Why would they do that? And why wouldn't no they idea. show themselves? And why would someone who's so technologically advanced fly here from another Get universe, Get caught fly, here, fly here in a contact lens, and, sh and decide to show themselves to Ray from Tennessee? Did he hit anybody else on the plane and say, do you see that? No. I didn't. I really no, he was because you know he was listening not to seeing a, anything. He was listening to a podcast. <laughs> I was listening to Ryan Sickler. Okay. Very funny guy. Fair enough. Good. Ryan Sickler. Um, okay, good. There's a plug. I would absolutely recommend him. I caught some of that Nikki bit when I was waiting on the phone. All right. Thank you. Anyway. Thank you, Ray. So stupid. Fucking Ray. Moron. So you see an cat. alien ship and you don't alert anybody. No. Why? Why? It's just a floating <laughs> contact lens. What a moron. <laughs> you think maybe the pilot would see it? No. Ray from Tennessee saw it. All right. He remembered to look out the window. Everybody else didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one picked it up on radar. Nothing. No. Anyway, what I was trying to say is the guy who died is Bobby Knight. Bobby Knight was a famous basketball coach. Well, you know, you go through this whole thing of not taught, knowing anything about sports, and then you're remembering Bobby Knight? I'm remembering Bobby Knight because the thing I do remember is exactly why I didn't play sports. I didn't want to get yelled at by some <laughs> fucking turd.
about a game where I have to put a ball through a hoop. I mean, the guy wasn't even, he wasn't coaching professional basketball. He was coaching fucking college. Yeah. Indiana. Anyway, the guy who coached Indiana University, uh, in my opinion, great A asshole, Bobby Knight. He died. He was 83. He died November 1st. Now, I don't know the guy, but some of these fucking tirades, really tirades. He's a total fucking maniac. The guy, uh, I do know he wore red sweaters. That was his thing. And he like, and he threw chairs at people and screaming and carrying on and, and sometimes choking his players. Uh, he'll play well, a that's clip what it takes guy. to get people to play well. <laughs> you know what? If that's what it takes, fuck it. <laughs> this is uh, Bobby Knight motivating his college-age players. Again, college-age. You know, the kids. Son, do you get any suffer? Now, I'm proud of this shit. I'm sick and fucking tired of an 8-10 record. I'm fucking tired of losing to Purdue. I'm not here to fuck around this week. Now, you may be, but I'm not. So I'm going to fucking guarantee you that if we don't play up there Monday night, you're going this, and you know, this is so old school. It doesn't help anybody. That doesn't, that doesn't make you play better to hear this guy fucking carry I don't believe on. the next third fucking day. Now, I am not here to get my ass beat on Monday. And you better fucking understand that right now. This is absolute <laughs> fucking bullshit. Now, I'll fucking run your ass right in the ground. We all fucking run you. You'll think last night. Shut up, loudmouth. Run your ass right What is he going to do if they keep losing? Nothing. Yeah. Who's he going to get to go play? I would have been like, excuse me, um, we throw balls in a hoop. It's not that important, actually. It's it's kind of important at the time, but it's really, at the end of the day, not that important. So fucking relax. Then he would have thrown his he's chair in my not, head. He's tired of losing. Yeah. Then go I was a fucking <laughs> I had to sit around for a fucking year with an 8 and 10 record in this fucking leg. And I mean, you will not put me in that fucking position again. Or you will goddamn pay for it like you can't fucking believe. Okay. Now you better get your head out of your ass. Oh. Imagine how fucking fortunate you are listening to that asshole. But just realize nobody has to listen to him. They could have all gotten up and walked out. It's supposed to be fun, too. You know what I mean? It's like, I but know. People I... put up with things. That's what cracks me up. Can I just say something, Robin? You can't just get up and walk out. Those kids are there on scholarship. They're tied to this guy. They have to, they literally have to take his shit. Then that's what they should do is go to the administration and say, look, we're being abused by (laughs) this idiot. Anyway, let me get back to Bobby Knight. He hated talking to the press. Just talking to the people here now. Don't take the bullshit. He hated talking to the press. Here he is uh, kicking a chair and freaking out while recording an interview for coaches uh, for coaches show, whatever the fuck that is. Anyway, Cajun just got moved right out of position and gave up uh, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of points. I uh, feel that uh, we we just haven't. Uh, I mean, I'm really disappointed in the in the, of course the fucking progress that we've made. You just kept the chair. Fuck this show. <laughs> Take this fucking show and forget it. Forget fucking basketball. They love the game. Maybe he's a bad coach if they keep not being able to perform. Oh, and never when he was alive. Don't ask him about the throwing of the chair incident. 
This is a guy, a Dutch reporter. Asking okay. about, he made the mistake of asking him about throwing the chair. And als hem er nog iets naar vragen, is het weer helemaal mis. Let's understand one thing, okay? Yeah, yeah. So you people make too much bullshit out of that, yeah, all right? Yeah. I threw a chair once. Yeah. You know how many fucking games I won? Yeah. Over 900. I absolutely, I did. Let's talk about the 900 games rather than the one fucking chair. How's that? Yeah. Does it still upset you if, if I ask this? It, it does, because I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. But he was like kind of dopey guy, evidently. I didn't even know this clip. The guys gave me this. He he expressed some interesting views on rape to Connie Chung. He was trying to make an analogy about overcoming adversity, but somehow he got into this. Like, you just tell, the guy must have been a nightmare. I think that uh, uh, if rape is inevitable, relax and enjoy it. I mean, that that's just a, an old term that you're going to use. You're, the plane's down, so you have no control over it. You know, I'm not talking about God. I'm not talking about the act of rape. Don't, don't misinterpret me there. But what I'm, I'm talking about is something's happened to you. that, And so you have to handle it. <laughs> Surprised he didn't throw a chair. Anyway. I don't even know what he's trying to say. He doesn't either. A lot of people don't know what they're saying. <laughs> anyway, so rest in peace, uh, Bobby Knight. Rest. But I don't get the whole yelling and screaming at the team thing. Like, okay, I could see being pissed if somebody, you know, seems to be slacking off. Maybe you got to give them a talking to. Hey, you sit that player down. Yeah, That's yeah. You do. Simple. Yeah. Right. Hey, Brood. Is that how you see your name? Brood in Michigan. Hey, Howard. No, I'm sorry. It's Brud, B-R-U-D. Brud. Okay, Brud. What up? Not much. How are you? I'm all right. Um, sorry. I know I made that comment error on that. Um, question is, what do you think about modern art or expressionistic art uh, versus the art that you do? Oh, geez. It's not my thing. I don't like all that. Uh, but, you know, hey, I don't put any art down. I know how hard it is to paint, but... I kind of like seeing paintings where the thing looks like the thing. You know what I mean? I kind of like seeing. Yeah, but what about art that symbolizes? It's not for me. An emotion or you know chaos or you know what? You know you can't paint. I mean, what do you paint to say chaos? I don't know, but uh, I just want (laughs) to see guys who can paint trees really well and buildings and architecture and like I really admire painters and. Really, I'm not even talking about painting. I'm talking about people who take a pencil and just draw. Uh, forget the paint part. The, the idea of being a great renderer of, of different things and making them look like the thing that you're drawing. I'm a big fan of that. What do you think um, of Picasso? Uh, he's not, he's not one of my favorites. Uh, I know he, but by the way, Picasso could actually draw. He just, that's kinda, what I was going to say. Yeah. He could do it all. He could do it. But I like, um, you know, the, the artists I'm attracted to are the uh, early Dutch watercolorists, the right. uh, English watercolorists, uh, some of the uh, beautiful work of, uh, oh, I, I told you, Friedrich or Catal- Catalano. Uh, uh, what about Monet? Uh, not so much Monet. Mm. Really? Yeah, but uh, I'm not a real art historian. 
I know no. so, I know some art that I really enjoy. Like um, I just bought the books of um, the the sketchbooks of uh, John Constable that are fucking brilliant. The way he would look at a scene and then draw it, and uh, that's the kind of stuff I like. I'm not putting anybody down because I don't have the right to. I'm not that good of a an artist, but I do know what I like and what I appreciate no, I, in art. Mm -hmm. I, I, I like to that. see a lot of observation. I want to see a painter who has really observed the way the grass moves. Or, like I was drawing this weekend for not too. I didn't have much time, but I was drawing a field, getting it ready for a painting. And the field in the field, I noticed there was high grass, there were bushes, and there were flowers. And I'm like, well, how the fuck am I going to draw that? <laughs> now, if you're an impressionistic uh, painter or something, you just <laughs> slap some green down on the thing and tell everybody that's yeah. what it is. No, that's not. Uh, right. That shows me no observation. Uh, okay, you know. so Howard, I, I, if I could interject, um, Robin, you kind of stole my thunder. That's exactly my point. The emotion on there. So, I don't want to make the cardinal sin that Bobo does and call and ask a question, but then immediately provide the answer. But I do kind of have a theory for you on this that I, I mean, everybody knows your passion for everything that you do, radio, photography, chess, painting. You want to be really good at everything that you do. And I think that the way that you do painting is, is like, well, if I'm going to draw a cat in a shoe, it's going to look like the best cat in a shoe. If I'm going to draw That's a right. scene, it's going to look, it's going to look exactly like that. And I'm going to do that. You had said that you drew a picture for your father, an old weathered um, barn that, that was out there. And, um, I, I mean, and, and that's wonderful, and that's that's great, and art is what everybody wants it to interpret it and what it means to you, but could you draw a picture of your relationship with your father, how your father made you feel? Not the homage of the, the barn, but how it no, made you feel. No, you, you can't draw a feeling. That's stupid. You can draw, you can look at my painting of the barn and feel something as you look at it. You can be drawn into it. You can start to feel the age of the wood if I if I draw it correctly. You might even think of your own father or the the world gone by. Okay. Well, all right. I mean, I, mean, I guess we will just have to disagree on that. I, no, I, no, I no. There's no dis. I know. Okay. Listen, uh, <laughs> brud or brood or whatever the fuck your name is. Leave me alone. Get off my back. I mean, this guy's busting my balls. <laughs> I mean, what's what is going on today? The world doesn't have enough problems. You got to listen to this brood character. What he's telling me? What is he telling me? Paint a. He's feeling. just saying, could you paint what you felt for your father? No, that's not what painting is. Well, some people say they can. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> it's all bullshit. Do you know the painting, the scream? People who paint the feeling don't know how to paint. They're bullshitting you. Know you know the painting, the scream. I don't watch that painting. I know what it is, though. I, I don't like that. Okay. A lot of people like see a lot of things in that. Yeah, well, I see a lot of nonsense going on here today. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let me take one more call. I, I wasn't satisfied with that call. Let's go to Pete in uh, Indiana. Hi, Pete. That was a bad call. Hey. That was a, sh a shitty <laughs> call. Howard, good morning. It is an honor to actually speak to you today. It's an honor to speak to the king of media. Hello, Robin. Thank you. Good morning, Fred. 
you have. All right, come on, Pete. Uh, go ahead, please. You have completed one of my. Uh, you pick up the phone to one of my um, bucket list items. So thank you. Um, UFOs. I honestly think that we're being spoon fed slowly, slowly. That disclosure is actually happening, but they're doing it slowly. I mean, the government has, has admitted that they actually have off-world vehicles. I don't know what you're talking about, Pete. I don't know what you're saying. You're articulating nothing. I don't know what you're saying. Well, you know, there's there's billions of galaxies out there. There has to be a life that's coming here to visit. You've mentioned the, the pyramids in Egypt. Did you know that coordinates of Egypt equal up to uh, the speed of light? The, 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 uh, the actual... What's he saying, Robin? I'm, I I'm don't know. What are you saying? I don't know what you're saying. Are you saying... Are, are you, you trying saying? to tell me that... Uh, the government is starting to talk about UFOs. Is that what it is? Or alien yeah, life slowly, forms? Right, both. They're slowly, they're slowly starting to admit that they're there. They're not. All right, this guy's uh, phone connection you is know. horrible. I think he's on a Sorry about that. <laughs> well, it's, you, it's, you got a phone connection from hell. Every other word is broken up. I don't know what your point is. Uh, Get out I of told it. you. There are no UFOs. There's no aliens. Whatever you're seeing on this planet is from this planet. That's it. Um, I That's think, it. I think one day they're gonna they're gonna let themselves be known. But thank you. Okay, for my they're call. all hiding. The, the Pete says, listen to the, how dopey this theory is. They're hiding. The UFOs are here, but they're afraid of us. And what does They've, the government have? First why of all, isn't that a big headline? If the government had anything. Who is the biggest loudmouth who served for four years? Trump. You think he would? He would have loved to tell you there were UFOs and aliens. He saw everything. If anyone was going to sit and why they keep it a secret, I don't know. They're afraid we'll freak out. We can't handle it. Trump would have told you. There's nothing out there. It's a cold universe. That's it. I'm sorry. I know you want Star Trek. Go fuck yourself. How dare you? You want a TV show or you want me to paint it the way it is? That's it. There's nothing there. Maybe they'll find a molecule. You ever notice they go to Mars and go, oh, my God. There's a, we they found, found a, water. And then you find out it's like some fucking droplet. <laughs> nothing. There's not even anything in the water. There's nothing. All cold. Everybody wants magic. There's no psychics. There's no astrology. There's no tarot card reading. Fucking Sal. He's going around now. He's got psychic powers. He's telling everybody. He, 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 did he this actually thing. got them. He got some psychic powers. Well, I got to play you this. Maybe I'll play it for you now. I don't know. Sal, Sal did a reading for a mystery celebrity. I mean, it's, I, I, it's not even a mystery. I could, I could present it any way I want. I should tell you who it was, but where the fuck it? Should I play this for you now? So he got some things right, but here's the bottom line. Sal by accent got some things right. But the celebrity learned nothing from Sal. In other words, it was like, you ever notice you go to psychics and they spend the whole t hour trying to convince you that they're psychics? They or go, they're connected uh, to somebody you knew. 
<laughs> yeah, they go, I see the letter A. Yeah. Yeah, and you know you know somebody who had the letter A. But somehow they don't know how to tell the psychic their name. They're going to tell them a bunch of other things, but yeah, they, they don't spell know how it, to tell them their name. Exactly. They spell it out slowly. I'm seeing... Uh, anybody what, what, no. know anybody with an A in their yeah. name? Anybody in this in auditorium? <laughs> anybody in this auditorium have someone who died who had the letter A? <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to play this out thing right now. I'm not in the mood for bullshit, but it, it doesn't <laughs> exist. I told you Houdini was a genius. He was a master magician who hated anybody who scammed the public. And Houdini went and visited when he was alive, every psychic, every astrologer, every, you know... Whatever. And he proved everyone was a scam. And then in the ultimate, he said to his wife, here's a secret word that only you know. When I die, I want you to go to every medium you can find and have them tell you this word. And guess what? Not one psychic could tell Mrs. Houdini what Houdini's word was. It's never been. It, it never was done. Now, uh, Valerie Harper who was on the Mary Tyler Moore show, came on this show, and I said, listen, don't be offended, but I know you have brain cancer, and you're probably not going to be around too long, and I'm sorry about that. I like you very much. But would you make a secret word with me so I could test psychics like Houdini did? Who knows? Maybe uh, Houdini didn't get, Mrs. Houdini didn't get to everyone. Maybe Houdini was dead. He could find the right psychic. <laughs> but... Valerie Harper gave me a word. I've never shown the word to anyone. I've never told the word to anyone. I'm the only one in the world who knows Valerie Harper's word. Unless she yeah, told someone. Yeah, not even I know the word. You don't even know it? I'm not telling you. Because you too have a big mouth. <laughs> and you'll tell someone. <laughs> I know the, the word. secret you've ever kept. <laughs> I went to Sal and I said, Sal, tell me the word from Valerie Harper. He can't do it. Here, Sal. Can't tank a I could communicate and talk to other forms of energy without talking. Energy. <laughs> He's talking to energy. Even Sal laughs at himself when he hears I mean, I heard back. that. I'm like, whoa, yeah. what, what's wrong with that guy? <laughs> I can talk to other forms of energy without talking. I feel like the word is bicycle, Howard. You going with bicycle? I feel it. I just feel bicycle. That's what's Do you coming see? Yeah, I'm going to tell you right off the bat, that's wrong. Do you want to really concentrate on Valerie Harper and contact her right now? Mm. Or, I, or, or, I, I can't do that. I have to meditate. No, it takes not. about four. Yeah. Well, you why didn't you do that before you came on? You know, Howard has this secret word. Because <laughs> I'm busy doing other things, Robin. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, like like washing his balls, getting ready for, for the new October event. <laughs> exactly. Right. We're all on the same plateau. Well, Howard, I don't claim to have powers. John Blitt claims I have powers, but I do believe there's an afterlife, and I believe that we can communicate with the afterlife, and, and that's basically so it. I want you to get in touch with Valerie Harper, who played Rhoda uh. on the Mary Tyler Moore Show tonight, and tomorrow, when we start the show, you can tell me the word. That's it. Uh, let me think. Go ahead. Take your time. Mm. We don't want Music. you taking a, a bad crack at it. We want you to take your no, best no. crack. Why do you clear your throat when you when you start to get into your psychic? Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't, it's just something overcomes my body. I think it's just the, like the molecules within me just come forward. It's just weird. 
Let's have quiet down now and let's now concentrate on the word. Think of Valerie Harper who played Rhoda on the Mary Tyler Moore. Take your time. Yes. Relax yourself. All right. I'll be relaxed. I have to breathe it. The universe is a um, a mission. Can you shut that guy up while I relax? Yeah, that idiot. (laughs) If you do this, I will declare you a true medium and I will go to you for readings. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I am seeing something, but you know, the thing with this process is that you, sometimes you really, it's hard to trust yourself. Right. Because I'm seeing something, but I'm afraid to say it. But what are you seeing? Uh, Is Valerie telling you it? No, I'm just seeing an image. It's a blatant image. And then I'm feeling my spirit's guide saying, this is it. This is it. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if that's in my mind or if this is really it. Let's just say Valerie Harper would not talk to Sal in real life. So I don't know why she'd start now, but let's hope he can contact her. Okay. Valerie. had the sign but then if it helps you i'm thinking of the word i'm i'm zoned okay too okay i mean howard can i ask you two questions why do you need to ask me a question you're contacting the dead no to see if i to see what direction all right all right go ahead what's your first question? question is could Why did I hire you? I don't know. <laughs> What's the other second question? Are you second think? You're taking a second thought. My second about question that? is: could, could you give me a good referral? <laughs> <laughs> Sam, um, please go ahead. Is it? Does it have to do with transport? Sal, I'm not answering anything. Okay, I, don't if you answer, are don't in answer. touch with the dead, Valerie Harper should be entering your mind now All and right. telling you the word. All right, I am getting, Howard. I'm just telling you what I'm seeing over and over again. And it's now right I know there. why all these other shows hire people from Harvard. Uh, right. Yeah. I got a guy who didn't even go to college. I went to Suffolk Community. Oh, so um, that's what I said. You didn't go to college. <laughs> Suffolk Community right, Bar and Grill. Give me the word. I'm getting mailbox. Final Holy answer. Shit, you fucking got it, you son of a bitch. I did? Yeah. That's Are the you word. serious? Get out of here. Are you crazy? He's so far off. Say, He's not it. even close. <laughs> oh, shit. Mailbox. I'm sorry. Mailbox. No, that is not the word. And the second word I got was like uh, a drill. You got three like, words. Bicycle was the first word. Well, bicycle was just a, you know, I just felt bicycle. I'm just telling you what I feel. All I'm right. not. Thank you, Sal. That's my point. Go. There's no such thing. We have but to I give did... him 10 million guesses. <laughs> I did great with Jeff Probst. I, I wasn't trying there. I was right on the money with so many things that I thought they were playing a joke on me. And Jeff Probst thought that they were playing a joke on him. That's how accurate it was. It was you want me to play Sal's session with Jeff Probst from Survivor? Sure, sure. All right. So here's what happened. He did do well. I mean, but so what? Jeff what Probst learned do? nothing. Did he give Jeff Probst any information that he could use? 
No, here, no, okay. here's no. what it is. Uh, so we didn't tell Sal who it is. We disguised his voice. We disguised Jeff Probe's voice. He didn't know anything. Okay. All right. The reading was done uh, via Zoom. And I'm telling you, Jeff Probst was disguised. So I would have no clue who it was. In fact, I thought it was my trainer at one point. <laughs> anyway, I here just, is yeah. uh, Sal doing a reading. First, Sal starts his heavy breathing and stuff. <sighs> yeah, but my question is, why does spirit guide tell him who it is? Because he doesn't have any abil abilities. <laughs> like, just listen to Sal breathing. <laughs> listen to this. What does that do for you? <laughs> what does that do? Does nothing. It's <laughs> 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 like a porn. It sounds, you know, people who are sleeping can sometimes breathe like this. Are they yeah. getting messages? Anyway, here is. Uh, I'm just thinking, no, my poor no wife. Answer. She listens. She listens to that every night. <laughs> I know what her message is. <laughs> anyway, uh, so as soon as they get in the room together, Sal starts the reading again. He doesn't know who it is. I can assure you of that. Person, are you there? I'm here. I'm excited for this. Thanks for giving me a reading. All right. All right. So the first thing I'm getting. Okay. I see a man. He's tall. I'm guessing he's a father. This man's from the Midwest, and I think you might have grown up in the Midwest. I see horses. I see a ranch. Um, it's almost like Kansas, like the Wizard of Oz. And your father's there. He's a tall man. I, I almost seem like in a suit, like in a briefcase going to work. He was a good provider. You knew that he loved you, but he didn't really show it too much. He hopes that you know how much he loved you. I'm a little blown away. You knew that I grew up in the Midwest and exactly the state that I grew up in, Kansas. Wow. My dad did have an executive type job. He did wear a suit and he did carry a briefcase. Wow. He showed love, but I gotta admit, I think in that era, what you might be getting at is it wasn't the kind of love I would show my kids today. Right. My dad was a good provider. There weren't any horses per se or cowboys, but what's interesting is I do live in a home that is very cowboy centric. I see something else. I don't know if you moved to San Francisco, but I'm seeing San Francisco. No, there's no San Francisco really in my life. See, so Sal saw that he had a father who worked and wore clothes and carried a briefcase. But Jeff is adding that it's Kansas. Right. No, I said Kansas first. I said Kansas. He did say, he did say Kansas. He, did he got say that Kansas, right. I, he, yeah. that I said ranch. I said Kansas. Yeah. But here's my point. What's the point of the reading? I mean, uh, I don't you know, know. They, they he told Jeff he grew up in Kansas. Well, I think the point in that particular thing is that his father didn't express love. Uh, the way Jeff would have Nobody's wanted. father did. Sal yeah, said there was some the, kind the of... The whole generation was like that. But, but maybe Jeff wanted to know that because his father never expressed it. Sal maybe that sensed was the there was some kind of emergency in Jeff's life. Somebody yes. recently like had like a, a pretty serious operation. 
like taken to the emergency room or something, almost like a heart attack situation. I'm seeing really, really bright, bright lights. I think it's an operating room, so I'm not sure. Well, my brother did just go to the emergency room. Okay. About four days ago. He really did. Wow. Uh, it wasn't uh, traumatic, but he that's where he... What is the point of the spirits passing along information that Jeff already knows? Do you know what I'm I saying, can, Sal? I can, yes, yes. Great, great question. Um, the point of the emergency room was to let Jeff know that they were there. They were comforting him. It was, you know, his brother was in the emergency room and it was very serious. And there's a lot of work to be done in the future. And Jeff is on top of that. Uh, Jeff asked Sal if he was uh, sensing anything else about his family. Is anything coming to you about my family? Anything that's hmm. going on I need to know? or well, Do you have a daughter? I do. Because they're just saying, talk to him about his daughter. You and your daughter are like almost like, I think, live past lives together. You guys really have a, um, a connection that's like really like, whoa. I got to say, you continue to amaze oh. me. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah that rings very true. And no one's First of all, what did Jeff say at the beginning? He said, you know, uh, my father didn't give me the kind of relationship I would have wanted with my, you know, my father. So, of course... I mean, okay, you got. Father. You said, do you have a daughter? His children, yeah. I don't right. know the guy. He could have you three. I have three. I have three sons. He, I saw a girl, and I just saw the relationship, and I saw a soulmate connection yeah, with him. Uh, I'm just telling you what came to me. I'm. Thank uh, you are. Fuck you. you. Where's the word? Where's the word, Sal? What's the word? What's the word? Oh, now he's already Harper. forgotten. Oh, the I don't know Harper that. Word. I don't know that. Anyway. It seems that Jeff Probst is very impressed with Sal because he Sal moved on to Jeff's relationship with his wife. Your wife has her back turned to you uh, with her arms crossed. You that's need your wife. to understand your wife more. You need to be more supportive of what your wife's thoughts are. Because she's sort of like, we got this thing going, but like, man, let me breathe too. That does not ring true okay. in how you're presenting it. Okay. Things are really good but maybe you know what's coming there's a wedge there's a, well there's a wedge someplace um, is it your sister no i don't have a sister i'm telling you there's a lady and there's a wedge okay but there's some lady wow. that's interfering in your life right with your wife right uh, there's a, a woman who plays a role who's kind of like the puppeteer a little bit it's like causing some frustration with your family and i think she's related to you you might be on the, a small family dynamic thing yeah i could find my way to that path but it's yeah i just want to be clear it's not it is not yeah you got 50 things wrong and then all of a sudden you go well no 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 it's a woman who's interfering i'm just telling you what i, uh, I saw a wedge in there i'm just telling what i saw wedge. i mean i, I wish i could give you a wedge, wedge. right here <laughs> wedgy <laughs> Anyway, when the reading was finished, Sal got to see who he was talking to. He didn't know it was Jeff Probst. I am Jeff Probst, the host and producer of Survivor. Hey, oh wow, there you are. What's up, Sal? Wow. I'm a little shocked at everything you said. I really I'm am. Not. I'm fascinated to hear the analysis of this on the show because out of the gate, when you started describing me, I thought... Jeff, the analysis is don't encourage Sal. He got nothing right. He got canceled. Nothing. Okay, he lucked out. Nothing, yeah. right? You go, Wait, you do what every psychic does. You go, yeah, there's, a, I think there's a problem with you and your wife. You're, you're crossing, you know, I see her with her back to you and her arms are crossed. Well, no, everything's good with my wife. Well, there is a woman. There is a woman. Oh, I'm yeah, just well, telling you what well, is. I don't really it. think there's something one. there. Yeah, okay. 
But wait, anyway, how about close, the, the, the seven? One out of seven, I got wrong. One out of seven, what? What did you get? I don't even know what the fuck you got. Kansas ranch, father, suit, emergency grow up room. He didn't on a ranch. There were no horses. It was ranch ass. He has cowboy theme. Cowboy theme <laughs> in his house. <laughs> I'm not defending this, Howard. And I, not anyway. Where he grew up. Post interview. I also wait. Can I say one Sal, thing too? Sal started to get very emotional about his psychic abilities, uh, uh, and uh, you know, right away saw this as a true sign that he has psychic abilities. Right now, how are you feeling? How did that go? I have nothing to prove. Just me personally. I know that the afterlife exists, and I'm so happy that I was able to utilize the other side, who's right intertwined with us within our universe, to help Jeff out. As a spiritual post-analysis, <laughs> do you have a message right now to your spirits who helped yes, guide you through yes, that? Yes, yes, I do. I just want to thank you, great... Douchebag. I'm just so thankful. <clears throat> I'm just grateful for the light and the love that they place in me. <laughs> that they place in my family. For my imaginary friend. <laughs> And uh, I will continue to do my head. best. He's crying over the voices and said, most people go and get help. On their behalf. You're crying. Why Why are you so Because emotional it's a beautiful right thing. It's like, once you recognize, <laughs> once you can feel and recognize the light and love of heaven, of uh, what's out there, your life changes. Hard. I don't have a gift. It's But it's not. Now. You don't. I am simply tapping into something that we can all do. I'm just glad I was able to help out, Jeff. Sal has no gifts. None. Zero. I am special, though. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. There's a very special place for you, too. <laughs> it's called the Special Olympics. <laughs> you gift is being a moron. Yes. I well, mean, that's a dude, good gift. Dude, you got to knock it off. You're I'm endlessly not entertained by nonsense. That's beautiful. This is not nonsense, Robin. This is all true. <laughs> I, I stand behind it. I, I totally believe it. The sun is the biggest star in the world. Sun the sun is the, is the biggest star in the world. I don't know. That was a long time ago. I don't know. Could be. Gives a shit. Keeps you warm. That's all that matters. Well, uh, look. There you go. Sal. Good job yes. with uh, Jeff Probst. He seems to be a believer in you now. So there you go. There you go. Well, Sal, what do you? How do? You, what do you do to foster these these psychic abilities of yours? I just meditate, Robin. I just relax. I play my five twenty eight megahertz music uh, that helps relax me. Right, and I, I'm done with this conversation. Whatever images come to mind, I say yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and as far as like the rest of them, all right, must, Robin? Is that the I answer you want? I knew he must have a practice. Yeah. That, you know, he goes and does every day to try to hone his. Uh, no, his, I don't do this every day. I don't. Do of course, he doesn't do then it every day. In fact, that would require work. Talk to you. Yeah, why can't no. anybody talk to you about anything? I'm busy doing prank calls and song parodies and bits and talking to Mark the Bagger right. and Medicated Pete. I don't have time for uh, sitting around. All right, I, I got to be done with you now. <laughs> That's enough. All right, goodbye. I am too. Goodbye. And uh, as far as Jeff Probst goes, uh, pal, maybe he is spending too much time in the jungle. Start <laughs> believing in Sal. I think he's got the Barry Barry from uh, sitting on Survivor Island. I love uh, Jeff. He's always great with the show and always available to do stuff. But don't don't get seduced by Sal. I mean, it's but, fucking. But if Sal has such abilities, why isn't he telling us what's what to do about big problems in the world? These these. Should be telling him something worthwhile. 
Time Robin for a Sal song. Such a dumb guy. I feel like the spirit world paralyzes animals. Such a dumb guy. In what country did the Great Potato Famine take place? Idaho. Sal Gavinelli, he talks to squirrels. I'm a perfect idiot. Sal, such a dumb guy. There's one syllable in apple. One syllable in apple. You can't even see that. That's right here on Earth. <laughs> I yeah. can't get that right. Okay, Robert, and then I'll read you some uh, fan mail that uh, we received. Many uh, people are talking about various aspects of the show. I want to go over that, but let's go to Robert in Michigan first. Hi, Robert. Hey, Howard, how are you doing? Anyways, um, I have a, my wife is one of these people that's obsessed with aliens, and it's driving right. me nuts. It's so bad that so even sorry. my 15-year-old daughter, my 15-year-old daughter makes fun of her, and she doesn't get it. You know, there are people, and let's face it, our world is pretty brutal. You know, the, the, if you're a human being and, you've, uh, and you're living on this planet right now, you got to be confused. I mean, there are people who live in China, a communist government. There are people who live in Russia. There are people who don't have what to eat. There's all kind of problems. And then... You know, most people who believe in these aliens and things, they're people who live in uh, countries where they don't have oppression. So they have time to think. Now, if you live in a country where, you know, like in the Congo or something, and people are threatening to chop off your head, you don't have time to think about aliens. You're busy. Nobody, you're, yeah, you're busy. You're surviving. <laughs> you don't have time. You could go, you know, you, don't, you never hear them say, I think there are extraterrestrials. There's a lot of people in yeah. our country who are bored. They want fantasy. You know, you ever these see these uh, characters who play uh, Dungeons and Dragons? Yes. It's oh. heartbreaking. They're wasting time. They want fantasy. They want fantasy world. They want that kind of. And so people have. Uh, they, they, like your wife. Well, how much time does she spend on aliens, Robert? Anytime we're out at night. Anytime we're driving. She sees a light. It doesn't. If it doesn't flash like an airplane. It's a UFO. And I tell her the same thing you said earlier. Yes, it's a UFO because you don't know what it is. But don't you think if it was an alien, if there was right. aliens, they would make contact with us by now. And she of course. Get it. Why would they be she afraid of us? If they have such advanced technology, she'd be like, well, we're going to go talk to those ants on Earth. My we're wife like, swears we, we, aliens stalked her before. She swears aliens stalked her before. And I said, do you really think... The aliens want to spend their time looking at a middle-income woman and seeing what she's up to for their scientific study. Yeah, your wife, like 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 your dopey <laughs> wife. The aliens flew all the way from their planet she's and they're so busy looking at her. That they she's have so... to go and find her. Right. Well, that's the other yeah. thing. People want to feel special. In other words, these are people. I bet your wife had a deprived childhood, like no one paid attention to her. Now, aliens are coming from other planets that's to right. observe her. <laughs> oh, but one more thing, one more correlation. I've noticed that a lot of the people uh, that that see aliens or say aliens are real, they're also the same people, and it's not all of them that say the election was rigged. And, and my wife was one of them. And 
Oh, she thinks the election was rigged. I'm getting off. You're talking about, I mean, how do you stay married to this woman is what I want to know. She's nuts. You know what? It's been, it's been a difficult time, but I'm trying to get through it. I love her, but I'm I'm trying to knock the craziness out of her, Helen. <laughs> I mean, does she think the election was rigged by up. aliens? Maybe yeah. if she puts the two together, if she says, well, the, the, the election was rigged and aliens did it. Hey, Howard, your show's great. You got me through losing my mother, my two brothers, and the, what I'm going through right now with my crazy wife. Thank you very much. I got to get off because I don't want to get in trouble and say anything else. Have a great day, guys. I hear you. All right. This is a guy who's really under a lot of stress. Robert from Michigan. Let's all say a prayer for him. If you're into that kind of thing, maybe Sal can lead us in some sort of spiritual guidance. But this is a guy who's got a real problem. Imagine you go home and there's a woman carrying on. Everything is aliens. <laughs> I mean, and then starts in with the election. I go out of my mind. I don't know. You know. I'd be trapped with her. I'd be like, you sold me a bill of goods. I thought you were normal. I didn't know you were a fucking maniac. I mean, it's like waking up and finding out uh, your, 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 your wife's got Nazi memorabilia. I, I, it, it's, what, what did you just say? There's aliens and, and what? And, and Trump won? All right. I, I, I won't be here tomorrow. Oh, where are you going? Away from you. <laughs> I'm scared of you. You scare me. You got a bunch of morons in this country. I don't know what happened. We used to have the best and the brightest. You see this new guy, the Speaker of the House, this fucking guy, he's, they're saying he, he's so worked up about homosexuals. It's, it's, it's this well, whole this is thing. another distraction. What are the homosexuals doing? Nothing. I, I guess they're, 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 they're rigging the election. <laughs> Consumed with homosexuals. Who gives? Do you spend? I'm a straight dude. I don't spend five minutes thinking about homosexuals. Except, except they seem to be very nice. Very nice people. They don't bother me. In fact, they're a hell of a lot nicer than heterosexuals. If you want my opinion. I, that's my observation. How I'm about sick of these, uh, getting yeah. roads built and bridges and increasing well, you hit the it country's on the head. ability to uh, produce things and these create fuckers, jobs? These fuckers have forgotten what government is. Government is not a power grab. You're supposed to, it's a, like a doctor. You're supposed to help people. Your office should be open, and when someone comes to you and says, hey, uh, we can't get fresh water, well, let me look into that. That's it. It's not hearing your dumb opinions on fucking homosexual, homosexuality. They, they're all nuts. They all want to be um, autocrats. They want to they tell you how to live your life. I've had it. And this uh, Kate Bush getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> that was the final straw. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I've had it. <laughs> uh, and she didn't even show up. She didn't care. Yeah. Anyway, it's nuts. 
I read this shit. Oh, hey, I, pr- I promised I'd read some of the fan mail for you. I know you enjoy that, Robin. Well, you know what you I like. was thinking about all weekend and wondering how people reacted to uh, to Pete and Medicaid Megan. Pete. Got an avalanche of email and uh, Twitter and don't ask. People going nuts. By the way, does anyone call Twitter X? I don't. I think it's hard. Everybody says Twitter. I mean, I guess I should say X. I don't That's even say. I just say. call it Twitter. I'm not buying it. They don't that. even know what to call their tweets now. You, what do you call them? X's? No, you call them tweets. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst thing ever. But anyway, listeners were amazed to hear about Medicated Pete's successful date with our caller, Megan. Uh, fans love Pete. I love Pete, too. And now they're now they're hailing Megan. They're saluting her. Yes. Howard, you are doing the Lord's work over there. Where would medicated Pete be without the show? Probably still talking to himself in a public library. Megan is an absolute saint. She fulfilled Pete's dream like he's a -a make-a-wish kid. Absolutely. Wish I could high-five Pete after hearing his encounter with Megan. The swinger lifestyle is so welcoming, and I think Pete's prayers have finally been answered. Say goodbye to medicated Pete and say hello to swinger Pete. Uh, during the uh, episode of uh, or, or the segment with Pete and Megan, I noticed that uh, Pete makes very unusual noise when he comes. Uh, the listeners, uh, the, here's the sound. The listeners wrote in about this sound. This is what we heard when Pete uh, came. Can I uh, try calling your boobs? Yeah. Okay. permission he goes can i come and i'm like dude just come fuck what do you think we're doing here but all well, right. he asked on her boobs he oh, was that what asking he about oh. whether that was okay have you ever heard a sound like that mm-hmm. well anyway these Pete wrote sounds in. are they say lots of different things to me <laughs> what do they say to you animal oh got her. and infant Oh, look at you. Okay. Anyway, the fans wrote in. Howard, when Pete comes, he sounds like a box of kittens from Howard's bathroom. Pete sounds like the air slowly escaping from a balloon. Pete's cum noise reminded me of the chest burster creature from the movie Alien. I couldn't remember what that sounded like, but I hear. Let's Here's hear uh, this. All right. It does sound like that. Animal and infant. (laughs) Uh, Howard, uh, Pete coming oddly sounds a lot like Beetlejuice vomiting. So I did a side-by-side comparison. Here you go. This guy's onto something, I think. (laughs) 
Now, the combination anyway. is great alien sounds for a I movie. <laughs> anyway, unbelievably, uh, we got Pete laid, and uh, thank you, Megan, and to Megan's husband, too. Uh, the segment yeah. did inspire a new song about medicated Pete that I thought was uh, I would like to share with you right now. Medicated Pete walks down the beach with his penis as hard as a rock. Yeah, I do. Has a huge cock, wants to get his dick wet. <laughs> Nice job. That's uh, Jay and Roddy. Those guys ought to really get serious about their music. They're good. Jay and Roddy. Anyway, Megan says to me during the segment, her next big goal in life is to blow high pitch Eric. And uh, listeners. She ought to get some different goals. You know, I'm just <laughs> a little worried about the goals she sets for herself. <laughs> I like these goals because they're not real high goals to achieve, really. <laughs> uh, that's why I went into radio. I said, what are my goals? Let me pick a form of media that nobody wants to be in and uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll succeed. Uh, listeners were revolted by the very thought of Megan blowing high pitch Eric. Yeah. Let me read to you here. Megan is way hotter than I expected, but I don't get it. She wants to blow high pitch. Why? <laughs> Howard, I fell in love with Megan, but it turned me off when she said she wanted to blow high pitch. <laughs> well, I don't know how this happened, but high pitch and Megan got on the phone with each other after the show. And here's how it went. This is exclusive really? tape. We're the only ones that have this tape. Hi, Eric. Hi, Megan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So I am a hypersexual person and I enjoy um, pleasing men because I, you know, I know you've tried and you haven't been able to come and I would really like my chance at trying. You know, my only caveat is, is that I want to take a shower with you first and get you nice and clean because I'm, I'm kind of a hygiene person. <laughs> No, I, I totally agree with that. I, I actually truly enjoy having sex. I think we're going to have a good time. And look, Eric, at the end of the day, if it's just impossible and I cannot make you come, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. No, no you said you're married. Your husband doesn't mind? No, so uh, my husband and I are swingers. He wants me to to help you. Well... That's very, very nice of him. And Megan, I want to say it was a pleasure talking to you, and I'm looking forward to the chance of meeting you and your husband. I'm looking forward to getting to know the both of you. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. And look forward to Eric never leaving her alone after that. Oh, my goodness. By the way, Eric immediately blamed uh, Debbie the cum lady for not being able to make him come. He said Did she he? put... Yeah, he said she put too much pressure on the situation uh, by when she said she was going to therapy if he didn't come, and he just felt too much pressure. Uh, wow. After she was so good to him. High pitch isn't the only whack packer trying to hook up with Megan. Now everybody's hopping on the bandwagon, of so course. to speak. Who, Mark who the, stepped up? Mark the bagger is uh, throwing his. Mark the bagger is throwing his dick into the ring. <laughs> I'm not even sure that Mark understands how sex works. Because listen to this. Hey, Sal. 
I'll tell Megan to call me. I like Megan to come over and uh, let me blow her. I haven't got laid in eight years. My dick is bigger than teeth. I can fuck her better. Wow. So he wants to blow her. I'm not sure well, he understands. I understand that. What do you mean? He wants to blow Megan. She's a woman. Can't blow her. Well, he's meaning oral sex. Oh, gee. I don't know. I never heard it put that way. That's like, I, Robin, <laughs> I want to blow you. <laughs> uh, a lot of people wrote in about my dad. Oh, I guess I must have played um, some some clips of my father singing. Yes. I, I always found your father singing to be oddly compelling. Please play the Ben Stern mega mix off the Private Parts album. I don't even remember that. You and your dad both have such beautiful voices. Don't downplay <laughs> either. Don't downplay either of your talents. Your dad could have been an amazing recording artist. Sid Vicious singing My Way sounds exactly like your dad. Your father could have been a punk rock icon. Huh. I went back to hear uh, Sid Vicious is my way. Yeah. In fact, he does sound a lot like my father. What a punk, Sid Vicious. There you go. Isn't that the song at the end of God, uh, a Goodfellas? I think. My I way? don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Don't remember. The audience also liked uh, my mom singing "How Much Do I Love You." Well, my that was my amazing. Howard, you got me crying. Oh yeah. You you have a mother who loves you unconditionally and knows you're the best son ever. Um, I like Howard retelling the story of Ray singing How Much Do I Love You. It was magic. I'd like to hear more of Howard's thoughts about his mom's efforts to self-correct and communicate in this, se in this season of her life. All right. It inspired and, and well, whatever. Um, and a lot of people wrote in about, uh, Antonio Pierce, who once interned for us for a day. The fans wrote in about Antonio's new coaching job. Antonio Pierce might be the most successful Howard Stern intern. Saw an article that he's going to be interim head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Good for him. Antonio Pierce worked for us for a day, Robin. You were ordering him around all day. I remember that. Oh, my. Hell, well, nice it's guy. interesting that it only took a day for us to influence him. <laughs> that's, the guy that, that's the guy that beat the crap out of the Giants. Right. Antonio Pierce. Oh, wow. Nice guy. Good for you. Good for you. He, um, he came. If I remember correctly, he came. He says, I want to learn about, you know, radio. I want to intern for you guys. We were like, sure, Antonio, whatever you want. Come on, if you can learn something, as Robin said, he spent one day with us and he learned everything he needed to know about radio. <laughs> uh, 
anyway, um, he used to answer the phones for us. We didn't know what to do with him. So we said, would you screen phone calls? And then, of course, we would call him up with uh, George Takei drops and bust his balls. <laughs> He's answering the phones for us interning, and we uh, made phony phone calls to him. <laughs> oh. Hello, hello. Yes, yes. How can I help you? You know, Time Magazine last year had a, a whole article that said gay teens, generally, uh, homosexuality isn't a big thing. Yes. Is that the question for Howard? Now, do you, uh, do you know that this is America? Yes, we do. You weren't listening to me. Okay, what, 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 what's your thing? What's your well, you're, you're awfully disrespectful, aren't you? No, sir, what is your question? And now things are going bad in, uh, in Afghanistan. The Taliban has come back. They're coming back. Is that your question? You want to know how we can stop the Taliban from coming back? Yes. Okay, I'm going to put that to Howard one second. Just hold on, please. <laughs> <laughs> we just think we're so witty. You know, <laughs> poor guys trying to learn about radio. And That's right. Yeah. We're up to shenanigans. There was another time we called uh, Antonio and pretended to have bad cell service <laughs> just to drive him nuts. Stern Show. Hello? Yes, Howard Stern Show. I can help you. Yeah. I want to talk Howard. Yeah, what's your question? I want to I want to finish the start. You got, we got to get you some better service. I can't, we can't, I can't hear you. No, I said I said I wanted to ask him if he wanted to dance with the stars. Does he want to dance with the stars? No, I said, did he see the ball on uh, This call, uh, your, your signal must be bad. What? Who is this? This intern. Do you know what you're doing? I know what I'm doing, but I can't hear you. All right, I'll call back. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I don't even know what our point was. He learned nothing about radio, but he did learn about busting balls. He, he he got a good course on that. That's why he never came back. He didn't call again and say, let me do that again because yeah. I got so much out of it. He's like, you fuckers <laughs> in one day turned me off to radio. I'll go coach. That was the end of the radio. By the way, we loved it because it was the first time in any of our lives that we got to bully the jock. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Most of us haven't had much success the other way around. It was the other um, way around, yeah. That's right. Uh, and by the way, the struts are getting a ton of positive attention from fans. Uh, we have up on the app, the struts did a bunch of stuff for us. Um, and a lot of people acknowledging Luke Spiller, the uh, front man for the struts. Uh, this guy says, best front man out there. This rocks. Uh, love the guitar solo. I'm pretty vicious. It shreds. Struts are awesome. They opened up for the Foo Fighters back in 2018. Luke Spiller would do a killer rendition of Under Pressure. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they love the Tumbling Dice cover. Brilliant. One of the best bands on the stage today. <clears throat> Excuse me. This was a great performance. Musicians really shine in the studio. The audience, uh, the audio they got is top notch. Excellent. Okay, good. All right. So everybody happy with the Struts to check it out on the app. The Struts doing their uh, thing. Nice job. All right. One last call. High Pitch Eric wants to comment on Megan, 
who okay. uh, evidently is going to be blowing Eric. Maybe we can get some more details. Eric, where are we at with the blowjob? So, um, so she wants to blow me, and I'm going to do it. Okay, what's the? Do we have any details? When is it going to happen? Where, where is it going to happen? What's going on? How is well, it going to happen? <laughs> you need one thing, but you got to. It's in the works, and we don't know when it's going to happen. Carmen interviewed the both of us, so I think I yo know, I think it's going to work out. You know why? Why? Because she's a lot younger than Debbie. And I think I think it's going to work out because she's so hot that 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 uh, I saw pictures I saw pictures of her and she's so attractive. Now let me ask you: Are you driving right now? I hear your uh, signal on. No, I'm getting out of my Medicaid transportation. Oh. Oh, you're in a car. Yeah. So. So I'm back home. So listen. So I think I'm going to come for Maggie because she's a lot younger and she's younger than Debbie. All right, I heard that. Let me, let me, uh, Eric, listen to me. Yes. Uh, I don't know what this uh, Megan story is, but she seems to be interested in blowing you. Yes. I feel you will not come. And I don't think it's right that you disparage Debbie. In other words, you're saying, oh, Debbie couldn't make me come because she's old. Um, I still maintain, Eric, and I know you don't like to hear this, and I'm not trying to be a ball buster, but you might be gay. You know what I'm saying? I'm if not. You, if I'm you not. Do, but if you do not come with Megan, will you then say you are gay? No, because I know I'm not. Even though you're not coming for women. Well, do you want to make, do you guys want to make that style come for Megan? Well, listen, uh, sure. But uh, now you say that you were, you told our producers that you are, you were rock hard when you were looking at Megan's photo. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. And you said that, uh, what are you going to do so you can come? Did you ask uh, Megan if you should stop taking your psychiatric meds before meeting her? Oh, dear. Yes, I did. And she said, do not stop taking them. Right. I think she's right. I, you know, because you can get cuckoo. We don't need and, you going off the rails. Don't Debbie you think, said, uh, Eric. Wait, wait a minute. Didn't, Deb, didn't Debbie said to stop taking certain medications? Listen, I don't know what Debbie said, but here's what I think. I think the the person who could make you come is John Stamos. <laughs> or that actor you like. Um, Donnie, one married, Wahlberg? Donnie Wahlberg. I you have think, one prediction, Howard. Go ahead. I predict that Megan go, won't get wet if she takes a shower with high pitch air. How is <laughs> the water going to get to her? <laughs> Wow, uh, that's cruel. You know, uh, you're shaming Eric. <laughs> By the way, on our phone right now is Debbie the cum lady, who I would imagine is upset, right, is Debbie? very upset, yes. Uh, yeah, Eric. So I almost got into an accident hearing what you said. Um, so you you don't want oh, Megan to blow Debbie, you? Hold on, Debbie. That's fine. Okay. Debbie, you keep saying that you're going to come to New York. How long am I going to have to wait? Eric, listen, 
you know my blowjobs are worth waiting for. I told you I'm coming down there, uh, coming up there. I Look at what I've done for you. I was with you for three straight days and nights trying to make you come. I used a vibrator on you. I got the lotion you wanted. We videotaped it for you, took you out for dinner. Do you honestly think you're going to come for her? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Eric. That's fine. Now, keep this in mind. I won't come back up to New York. You let me know right now because from what I just heard, like I said, I was driving and I almost got into an accident. No appreciation. If you, if you, you let make it, it's not going to make. Let me talk. say. Let me let me say something in Debbie's defense here. High pitch. I mean, she blew you for three straight days. I mean, the woman knows how to Fed blow you. people. She but, did and, everything. And, uh, and Robin, remember, Debbie paid for the entire trip herself yeah. out of pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hold on, yeah. Debbie. Are you saying I can't get a blowjob to Megan? What I'm saying is, you said you were going to save your loads for me. If you let Megan blow you, there's not going to be enough for me. I got to tell you something, Debbie. Debbie, I think Debbie, this how is. How do go- you know? How do you know? Wait a second, uh, you two. Debbie, I'm excited about Eric receiving another blowjob because I think once and for all it will prove my point that it wasn't your fault because I do not think that Megan's going to be able to make high pitch blow a load. No, I don't either. Okay. Debbie, yeah, but, you're right. You, absolutely you right. Keep, Let, let's see. Debbie, you keep saying to me, you're going to come to New York. When will that ever happen? And maybe I'll blow Pete. And maybe I'll blow Pete. Because everyone's questioning my, my technique that I can't make anybody come. Let me blow Pete or lend another hype, another whack hacker. Let's do that. Wow. Wow. We, look what's going on. Debbie, thank you. I'm going to try and get to the bottom of this. Thank you very much okay. for the call. You see, high pitch, you can't say she looks older than uh, Megan. Women hate that. Uh, how dare you after uh, how sweet she was to you. Sweet. Anything you, but nice things to say. Do you remember right, that? Right. Right, do you remember Debbie bought a Donnie Wahlberg mask and a police uniform to try to get it? She blew him with a Donnie Wahlberg mask on and it still didn't work. Right, I apologize for that. Thank I apologize you. for that statement. Good, good, good. Uh, hey, um, Chris, you're gay. What do you think? Do you think Eric will come when he receives a blowjob from Megan? No. This has, no, I don't think he'll come with Megan like he didn't come with Debbie. This has nothing to do with the ladies or their looks or their age, Eric. This has to do with you and what you might have, be going on what, with you. You guys want to make bets that I'll come? Oh, I'll put 50 <laughs> on it. You won't come. I know you won't come. I'll, I'll put 500 on it. <laughs> no, I, I will. I, I, I'll put 500. Eric, there's no way this is happening. It's a, three days? How could it take three days? Half the time, you don't even have an erection. Dude, I had an erection that time with Debbie. For three days? Yes, the whole three days. I was so hard. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so what happened? Because maybe I was so nervous for my, with her. And you're uh, not going to be nervous with Megan? Go ahead, maybe sir. I, Maybe I was just I mean, trying for maybe I was just trying for that long drive to Florida. You know, it's funny. Not only was it three days, like Gary said, three days, but <laughs> when she was blowing him, I remember he said, "Can we take a break?" 
who the hell takes a break from a blowjob? I mean, if, I understand if you work in a forklift, you want to take a break. But I've never in my life heard a man say, I want to take a break from getting blown. Exactly. You, you're not going to. I mean, listen, I wish you luck. I hope Megan uh, isn't pulling on that taffy for a full day. But uh, I don't see it. But, Howard, it's not he only Debbie. He was tired we, from the drive. Yeah, but we he was there three records. days. We I have know. records of past women with Eric, and none of them have seen Eric come. He's convinced one time that he came inside a girl. We confirmed it, and she said there was nothing inside of her. Probably Pete. Right. <laughs> Pete. <laughs> Pete inside her. Oh, dear. Eric, you understand what's going on here, right? That's Howard. I am not gay, and that's the truth. You All right, listen, out. I hope you, I, listen, I hope whatever you are, you're happy. I don't care if you're gay or not, right. but, uh, I guarantee you if Chris would blow you, he could get you to come. Absolutely. Right, Chris? No, you're absolutely right. what? I could get you, to, what? Yeah, go ahead. He won't, he won't, he won't make me come. Oh. Well, sadly, you're never going to find out, but I bet you I could, and I've gotten you hard before. You know that. You were hard in studio with me when I was examining uh, your penis. Yeah, but I don't think you can make me come. <laughs> I bet I well, could. Well, wait a second. <laughs> On our phone is Megan. Let's hear what she has to say. Hi. Megan, hi. Hey, how are you guys? <laughs> <We're> good. <laughs> Why are you so happy? How yeah, are what you? are you so That's you have to blow? To you have to blow high pitch. Why are you so thrilled? <laughs> well, so I really wanted to say that I don't want like a a rumble or a battle with Debbie. I have a lot of respect for her, um, and I just have different techniques. But I I definitely don't want this to turn into like battle of the cum flood. It's not. No, I understand. It's not, it's not about. <laughs> well, Megan, no, it's, uh, it's it's uh, high pitch who's causing all the problem. <laughs> Debbie doesn't have a problem with you, and she doesn't have a problem with anything except Eric saying it was her fault that he didn't come. Megan, I'm really going to be very curious to see if you could uh, make a high pitch come. I really am. Uh, I don't think you're going to be able to do it, and it's got nothing to do with you. It's uh, I just don't think it's going to happen. Many women, many fine women have tried, uh, uh, but you're confident, huh? Um, I'm not as confident as I was with uh -uh. Pete, <laughs> but I still want to give it a good try. And either way, as long as Eric has a good time, then I'm happy. Well, if and you how, feed him, he'll have a good time. But <laughs> Howard, what if I do come? What if you do? I'll be happy for you. It'll be good for you if you what, come. What, what do you mean? What about? I mean, but Eric, I don't uh, hold that. Megan, have you ever heard of a dude saying, I need to take a break from a blowjob? Um, no. <laughs> no. Exactly. I haven't, but I mean, I... <laughs> Yeah, no, I've never heard that. <laughs> Megan, I have a question. Can Chris come and be a witness for this? Oh, my God. You, you know see? what, Chris? Chris, if you're in the room and you stand there naked, if you just touch his cock, he'll explode. I won't be <laughs> naked, but I, I, I would go and cover it. But this is what Eric did the last time. He wanted me in the room with Debbie. He wanted Sal in the room with Debbie. He wants guys there. He's probably going to want your husband in the room, Megan. I mean, that's. 
not a problem. <laughs> well, but, and by the way, my fifty dollars. If your husband's there and he comes, that's not. I don't agree to that. Well, bets are off. Where do you, you think exactly. you're getting fifty dollars from, <laughs> <laughs> Eric? Do you so, need a man in the room with you? Well, if Chris could cover this, that might be easier because I I know I can come for Maggie. You know you can what? <laughs> so why would it be I, easier if I'm there? <laughs> I know I know I can come for Megan. Uh, if if Chris is there, it would be easier to come. Yes. Oh boy! <laughs> what if I just change my name to Megan? That might be the easiest thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> when when do you think this will all happen? All right, that's a good question. High Pitch wants to know, when is he going to get his blowjob, and when are we going to find out if uh, you can make him come? Um, I, I'm i open. I mean, I uh, I have a few things coming up with the holidays, and um, yeah. I know Eric said he's uh, having surgery in December, so I don't oh, know. We kind of need to work it out and see what's going on. <laughs> and Maybe 2027, 20, I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> when the Ukraine war ends. Yeah. How about we? How about we do it before Christmas? No, she's busy, and so are you. I thought you're getting out of surgery. I'm getting surgery on my shoulder. Oh, well, that doesn't Why? affect the penis. <laughs> Why bother? <laughs> well, okay. Here's what I'm going to say because I got to wind this up. Seems that uh, Megan and High Pitch will work it out when they work it out. And uh, I don't have much hope. Yeah, Eric does claim, uh, Megan, when he looked at you, uh, your picture, he was hard as a rock. He did tell he me that touching, when we were on the phone. I think he was touching something else, like a rock. <laughs> <laughs> he was touching that shoulder. <laughs> All right. But anyway, uh, let's see what happens. And uh, Megan, uh, keep us, uh, you know, abreast of the situation and. I pitch. Uh, we're curious to see what happens. Okay. You got it, Howard. All right. There you go. <laughs> Thank right. you. Thank you. It's Megan, who's become Bye, quite a Megan. big star on the show. And Eric, who uh, says, hey, guys, I'm going to show you I'm going to come from a blowjob. <laughs> and uh, we look Chris forward to seeing you. in the room? And Crispy New. <laughs> That's our boy, High Pitch. Very proud of him. Well, Robin, I've uh, run out of steam, to, to, to be quite honest. See, this is what we were talking about. You're now out of steam, and yeah. it's time to start the show tomorrow. Tomorrow we're starting the show at 10 a.m., because I'm going to talk to Barbara Streisand at 11. But uh, as I can tell you now, it is now 1029 here in New York, and I am completely out of juice. I do not. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to try and somehow stay awake, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs>